Hello, and welcome to a very special episode number 100 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, who has been the host of this show for, you know, probably pretty darn close to all 100 episodes, if I have to say so myself. I think I've I think you started around three or four. Full-time host? I think so. I think I, I hosted the first one or two, and then you did one. That's the voice of Max Roberts, who's speaking to me. Of course, he's here on the 100th episode of Millennial Gaming Speak. Hi, Max. I try to be here on the episodes every week. It's episode 100, not one, not 10, but 100. It's a big number. That's the biggest number of anything I've ever done. Biggest number of anything you've ever done, period? Like you've never... I've never created anything beyond 100, yeah. You've never wrote 100 articles or... Um, no, I have not written 100 articles. You've not written 100 articles or blog posts ever? No. I figured those would have stacked up over the years. No, I probably have 30 to 40 on Go Left Gaming. I only wrote the bare minimum in college. I nice. didn't really write. There you go. That's how you get I didn't college. really write... I didn't really write a lot at PSI or... Well, we can tell you're all very passionate and you're dying to be a part of the video game industry because you just have such a passion for writing. Yes. <laughs> My dog's on episode 102, if you can hear her. Your dog's been on a few episodes. She's been on quite a number. Yeah, I think I have hosted most of this show because I think it was like episode three or four where we just decided to give it to me permanently, if I remember correctly. So it yeah, that's was what relatively I was yeah. early on. And then... Yeah. Maybe even as late as six, maybe. Because I feel like we went back and forth maybe once or twice, and then it was probably by episode five, mine. I don't know. It's hard to tell because... So this is our 100th episode, but those early ones we do not have any longer, thanks to the power of SoundCloud deleting them, and then Max not making well, backups on his hard drive. We lost them all. Do you know how much space this show takes up on my hard drive? I saw stuff in the Google Drive that were called episode one and two, and they were audio files. Were they? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I was trying to listen to them, but Google Drive wasn't playing them, so I was going to download them later and see if they were just like your half or my half or That's something. That's interesting, yeah, because I – so we're getting into a historical angle of this show, which is actually kind of fine since we did hit around 100. So, yeah, we don't have, I think, episodes one through like six – but no, 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 like no, no, five no. we have bad. saved. I, I think it's we have three. We, we have, have three. I think really it's only one and two. I have. I want to say we're missing like one through four or five on our feeds, but I have. I think I have four sitting on my hard drive in its fullest I, form. I, I, could I can't even look it. at my hard drive because I don't have enough USB ports, but. Um. I think really we're only missing one and two. So in episode, there's an episode one folder that might be the full episode, but it also might not be the full episode because I don't exactly. think you, I don't think you were uploading them. I think it was just me uploading them and sending them. Very to well, you. Could it, it could have been that could only be your voice. Yeah, I think that was the case because I was not. So back in the day when it first started, I didn't know how to edit audio, so I was just sending you everything. Yep, And uh, that was how we did it for a while there. So I think all of those that we have in there, unfortunately, are just going to be my audio. But, Possibly. Uh, we aren't going to have yours. Uh, this is episode 100, though. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is a 
special episode, I guess. <laughs> it like yeah, like you said, I, I've never created anything that has lasted this long, so it's cool that we've been able to get to this mile marker. Um I've been thinking back this week, I mean, again, going back to the start of the show, like kind of where we started out with this and um I have listened. I don't know if you've listened to some of those older episodes in a while, but they were very, very rough at the start. Um, so it's cool to I see know. us get to this point where we're actually pretty good, and we have sixty-five other podcasts that we're on on a weekly basis. At least for me, it seems like that. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't go back and listen <laughs> to our old stuff. I like listening back to it sometimes because it just reminds me that, like, oh, hey, you are getting slightly better at this thing that you do a couple hours every week. So that's rewarding because there are plenty of times where I speak into this microphone on my end and I feel like there's just, I don't understand the point of it, I guess. If you want to get real deep and philosophical on episode 100, I don't know. There's uh, plenty of instances where I wonder why we do this. But then when I look back at our catalog we've built up over these past two and a half years, it's definitely all been worth it, I think. And it's, cool to see how many episodes that we do have built up at this point it it's interesting because really this all started because you just saw my name on twitter like you were like i think that kid sounds familiar what was it i was interacting with jose otero i think maybe somebody somebody like that yeah yeah, i just recognized your name and i think your face i was like that guy looks familiar and then lo and behold we're like let's make a podcast together and then we made a podcast together and then it wasn't very regular and then we decided we needed to make it regular and i think we've done pretty good at keeping that end of the uh bargain up you know when it became more regular honestly when i started thinking about it was when i got this mic i have when i got this mic that was when it became a lot more regular i thought it became regular after e3 which was when i got this mic (laughs) is that when you got it Yeah. yeah because i had been i had used the snowball at first but it yeah, really it was bothered me. Mic. Yeah, it really bothered me because I, I could I like hearing myself in my headphones as I talk because I know I can tell how loud or quiet I'm being. Um, yeah, and I could never tell with the snowball that like how loud or quiet I was being. So some weeks I would like sit far away from the mic and I wouldn't realize it, and then I'd listen back to our audio and I'd be like, shoot, like this sounds really bad. And of course, you can even all of that stuff out in post. But, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the Snowball, so when I finally got this mic, it felt a little bit more professional. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this more. And then I think that's where I personally fell into a groove. Because I always felt super uncomfortable with the Snowball. It just never felt right to me. Because I had to have, I had your earbud, I had earbuds in my ears listening to you just talk directly into my ears. But then I could never tell how loud or soft I was being talking because you would be... It was hard for me to hear. Having all the audio channels in my headphones right now, it really helps me. Um, that's some inside baseball microphone knowledge for all of you at home. So the, so there you go. Logan's podcasting consistency all depends on whether or not he can hear himself yeah, at all. because I'm very narcissistic like that. Exactly. I got to hear myself. But yeah. He has to hear himself louder than everyone else. My dog is still barking. Making a Your very big impression on this episode. Um, so, yeah, it's been... I mean, how many episodes have we made at this point? So this is episode 100 in name. We've probably done closer to, I'd say, 110 or 15 between our review yeah. episodes, our E3 episodes, 
you did like a one-off Uncharted episode somewhere in there. I did because you you weren't available that week or something. I don't know. Something yeah, happened. I'd, I'd I don't say even closer know if it was to that. I think you just said like, "Hey, I want to do this," and I was like, "Totally go for that." So maybe I don't know, but yeah, I think around 110 or so. But um, this is a hundred in number. You're right. Yeah. So big special event big special occasion so for this so episode, what are we going to talk about logan oh well, that's what i'm talking about max so for this episode um obviously a little bit different uh no we're not going to do news no topics and none of that stuff this week and uh some of that stuff might be changing moving forward entirely but what we'll might be changing that. we will talk about that at the end of the episode once we get everything else out of the way so for this episode um as we looked back I decided that I wanted to have on a bunch of our friends who have joined us on this podcasting adventure along the way. So we've had a variety of guests on Millennial Gaming Speak over the course of our 100 episodes. Uh, a lot of them are on a little bit more regularly. People like Michael Ruiz, who was on a couple weeks ago, um, Peter Spasia, guys like that who have been on the show two, three, four times at this point. Uh, some other voices that you may be a little bit more familiar with. We wanted to have those people back on the show this week, and we didn't know how to do that, though. Uh, we wanted to Lo- create a little bit more of an evergreen episode this week rather Lo- than something hindering on uh, hitching on news. What's that, Max? I was gonna, your original idea was just to have, like, everyone on at once and it just be a madhouse <laughs> yeah that was our original idea was to just throw everyone in one google hangout we would record live on youtube and see how like a 10-person podcast went and then i quickly decided and that that would be hell it would have gone it would have gone awful that would have nightmare been really really bad um so we decided not to do that and then we had a couple other ideas we played with um but I, it came back to me that we've had so many of these people on the show before and some of them we haven't actually had on before um but we've had a lot of these people on their show before and we kind of bring them in and we talk to them about the news or we talk to them about specific topics or whatever's going on within the video game industry but we don't really know too much about the people themselves so i thought that it would be a good idea for episode 100 to have not only many of these guests but myself and max which i'm sure we've probably talked about a little bit throughout the course of the hundred plus episodes we've recorded of this show, I thought it would be a good idea to have some of our old guests and maybe some new ones as well come on the show this week and talk to us about their stories with video games because everybody has their own unique story and everybody has their own interesting way that they became infatuated with video games or they got into following the video game industry the same way that Max and myself do here every week. Uh, So we wanted to bring them on and give them a chance to talk a little bit about their stories, about how they got into games, what it is about video games that has stuck with them for so long, and why that is such an important medium and an important piece of entertainment for them in their lives. So this week, we're going to have, I think it will be, we still have to record some of them. We're recording this out of order. Uh, We're going to have eight in total on. So we have eight guests plan for you this week on episode 100 Uh, a lot of them you will be familiar with like i said some of them some of them we've had on before but they've been in smaller roles um but we've brought on a lot of guests this week i think it was a lot of fun to do these interviews max um i would say so i had fun with them i had fun with them as well it was it was more interesting than I expected it to be, and I, like I said, everybody has an interesting story. There's a lot of overlap with some of uh, with some of them, which you'll hear about. 
Um, but others are much more unique with how they got into video games and how they be fell in love with gaming as a whole. So uh, we're going to hear their stories this week. So those are coming up right now. And when all of our guests are done telling their stories, we are going to come back, Max and myself, and we will talk about our own stories with how we got into games, which, like I said, we've probably talked about before, but we'll, t we'll flesh it out for real this time. That sound good to you, Max? Sounds perfect to me. So for episode 100, we hope you enjoy the many guests that we have brought on the podcast this week. Enjoy. Welcome back to episode number 100, ladies and gents. And with us right now is a guest who's joined us a handful of times throughout the history of Millennial Gaming Speak. Jared Weich is back with us once again. Jared, how are you doing? Hey, oh, doing good. Doing fine. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, episode thanks 100. for Big thanks, deal. Yeah, thanks for joining us on episode 100. Uh, thanks. Thanks for designing our new art. Yeah, our new oh, art yeah. that we haven't. <laughs> We'll debut next week, right? Is that how we're doing this? I don't know. This, this is kind of out art, of order. The art will go with the episode, I imagined. Okay, well then, there you go. You've heard it here first, and you've, you can see it now on our Twitter page, at MGS Podcast. Jared, we're bringing all of these guests on here to talk about their origin story with video games, and we want to know... How did you get started with video games? What was kind of your first experience with gaming? How did you get into it? Uh, what are your earliest memories? Okay, a uh, loaded question. Uh, so, let's see where to start here. So, first off, I want to say, whenever I hear about people's, like, origin stories of the games, I, I always have a tough time relating because I grew up uh, with a single mother, so we didn't have a lot of expendable income, so a lot of times I hear about these people having these game systems or having a bunch of games and stuff like that, and that was really never really my upbringing. Um... I didn't have my first console until I was, like, 10, I want to say. I'm trying to do the math here in my head. Yeah, because the first video game thing I owned was the Sega handheld, which I always forget the name of. The um, oh, I can see it in my mind. I cannot the, name it, though. Is it named yeah. after a planet? <laughs> uh, Sega Saturn? Is that what it is? It's not the Saturn. It's not the Jaguar, either, is it? No, the Jaguar is completely... No, that's an Atari. The, the Sega handheld. <laughs> So I had that, and I had uh, Sonic 2, I believe, on it. Uh, I could be wrong about these things, obviously. Um, I've never Game liked Gear? Sonic. Game Gear, there you go. Yeah. Um, that was my first like video game thing, and uh, and then I shortly thereafter had a Game Boy Color because my mom realized that the Game Gear sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I personally, I personally don't like Sonic. I've never liked Sonic. What? Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand uh, the legacy. In air quotes, legacy. Anyways, it's funny because I was like one of the first video games I owned. Um, but that wasn't the first video game I played. So the first video games I played were actually uh, on the um, Nintendo 64 that my dad – actually, no, but mm. I'm trying to piece this all together on, on, on a whim. My cousin had an NES, and I played the original Legend of Zelda, um, and I liked it. It was really cool, but – it's hard playing a game at somebody else's house because you're 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 strapped for time. Um, you're also you're thrown in the middle of the game, like you don't know what's going on. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I played an NES. I never owned one. I never owned an SNES. Um, my dad had a 64, and I played Blitz on it. I played GoldenEye. Uh, I played Super Mario 64. Like you know, all of the hits for the 64. But I didn't own that. That was my dad's. Um, 
so when I owned, I, I had a Game Gear, I had Sonic 2, didn't really like it. And then I got a Game Boy Color, and Pokemon was actually one of my big ends to video games. Uh, Pokemon Blue was the first game I owned. Um, Blue and that is the me a lot. correct version. Yes. Uh, I'm Actually, my favorite starter is uh, Bulbasaur, which I'm in the minority. Yes! On one. Like, no, you're, yes. You're, in the, uh, you're in the majority on this podcast, at least. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, having Pokemon Blue uh, introduced me to a lot of things in video games I hadn't known before that point because when I played the 64, I knew about arcadey kind of things and, and multiplayer-focused things. I never really got into RPGs much. Um, Super Mario 64 was my introduction to platforming. But with with Pokemon, it taught me RPG systems. And RPGs are probably my favorite genre of video game. Shooters as well. And Pokemon did a lot for me. Um, my best friend that I've had since i think i was six five or six so we're talking 1996 1997 around the time a little before the games actually came out um that's one of the things that we've bonded uh over my entire life that and madden um he doesn't play video games as much as i do anymore he's in the army and stuff like that but we make sure to get madden every year and we play together and um that's a big thing with us and so is pokemon like we're 20 plus year old men but we still talk about pokemon because we have the nostalgia for it and stuff like that and we're we're not super into the new generations as far as like going deep dive in them but we always play them but it's just something that's like a foothold on our relationship as friends um so yeah i got introduced to pokemon then i ended up getting a playstation one um and that was interesting because i feel like i owned a playstation one and never got any of the super benefits from it and that being that <laughs> The only games, and I, I owned a lot, a fair amount of games. I wouldn't say a lot, because uh, going back to the, you know, growing up with a single mother and stuff like that, we didn't have a whole lot of expendable income. I remember playing through the uh, the Crash Bandicoot games, which I love. Which, if all of these rumors uh, that we've been hearing about recently of it eventually coming to Xbox One are true, I'm super stoked about that because I was honestly I was actually debating buying a PS4 for the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy <laughs> because it means that much to me. I'm not saying the games are great or anything like that; they are what they are, but it has so much nostalgia. You should have to taken me, right? advantage of that GameStop deal, which is now like what two weeks old as the episode goes up. Yeah. People oh, yeah. running to five different stores. So I owned all the Crash games, um, and I owned Spyro. Like, Spyro's one to me that mm-hmm. I really hope that that gets remastered, and that has even less of a reason to be remastered than the Crash <laughs> games. But hopefully it happens. Um, so those I owned rumors those. are circulating, for sure. Yeah, I never touched Metal Gear Solid. I never touched Resident Evil. And it wasn't that I was never interested. It just, they weren't the games that I was exposed to. I didn't have, you know, many times people talk about, I had the friend a friend that was edgy and he had these games or maybe not edgy but like everyone has that like japanese anime friend that like gets their stuff imported from like japan or something you know people have these stories of having these friends that introduce them to things that weren't uh directly around them mm-hmm. i didn't have that so it was basically what i was wh- whatever i saw on a store shelf is what i got and i didn't hear anybody talking about Metal Gear solid or resident evil or anything like that so unfortunately i don't have those memories but i did have a weird game that i vaguely remember called jade cocoon and i don't know if you guys are familiar with it never it's even a jrpg heard of it. from playstation one there was a sequel i believe on playstation two um and it's it, it was basically like playstation's version of pokemon it seemed like from my memories <laughs> it's a really weird game um and that game was totally uh i was at home my mom got out of work she came home and she surprised me with it and you know 
parents don't really know video games that well, most of them anyways. And she was like, here, I got you a brand new game. And I was like, what is it? And she showed it to me. I was like, Jade Cocoon. Like, I had never heard of it. <laughs> and I never owned the gaming magazines growing up either. So, uh, or, you know, subscribed to them. So I was in, in the know and I would pick them up ever so often. It wasn't something that I had a monthly subscription to. It'd be like, we're in the grocery store. I'm like, hey, mom, tugging on her shirt. Can I get a, a gaming magazine? And she's like, yeah, sure. Which that's one thing I value is that my mom never was the parent that's like, Pokemon's for the devil or video games are bad for you That's or all my parents <laughs> and some of that stuff I understand their concern for but I'm super happy that my mom never did that to me and she understood that video games were important to me and she understood that I saw them more as just a wasting time she understood that I saw yeah. them for more than what they were the value in them and um, I appreciate that a lot so I had a PlayStation obviously I talked about that I didn't hit any of the major milestones unfortunately uh, I had a PlayStation 2 as well. That one, I'm, my memory on it's also super vague of what I exactly had. Yeah. There was always a constant, though. Like, I always had Madden games. That was a for sure thing. And like I said, going back to bonding with my best friend, we played Madden all the time. So back then, he didn't even have a PlayStation 2. Uh, we would drive – the day Madden came out, my mom would take us both to Walmart to pick up the new one. We'd wait in line, and we'd pick up the new one, and we'd go home, and we'd play for – Hours and hours and hours, you know, start up a franchise and stuff like that. And that eventually led into college football as well. Once mm. the PS3, Xbox 360 came out, and the reason I set this all up with the expendable income and a single mother, there was no way I was ever going to be able to uh, afford an Xbox. Uh, I mean, a PlayStation 3, sorry. Xbox 360 need, was my avenue. Yeah, you would need a second job, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, so Xbox 360 was my pathway from that. So I grew up a PlayStation kid. Well, for, I was initially introduced to Sega, <laughs> and then my mom was like, no, let's <laughs> fix this. And she she got me a PlayStation, and then, well, a, a Game Boy Color, and then a PlayStation. But then I got to 360, and that's an interesting thing now, because uh, in our own like little circle of podcasting, stuff like that, I'm the Xbox guy, quote-unquote, just because I'm super familiar with Xbox, right? Yeah. But that's not, like, I didn't I didn't own an original Xbox. Um I grew up with PlayStation, like which is weird because during the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era, I'm like, I think I'll always be on PlayStation, but then the PlayStation 3 happened. And then PlayStation 4 happened, and even though there was all of that hullabaloo in 2013 of you know, them turning the tide, it just it didn't seem right for me to leave because a lot of my friends play on Xbox and they don't pay attention to, oh, Microsoft screwed up the, the E3 announcement. They don't care. They're did like, you see what Don Matrick did? I can't believe that guy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh, how could he say that the TV was more important than video games? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as far as, like, I don't know. Your initial question was gaming origin, so I think I nailed that. I don't know. Yeah. You, you me, might have more questions. Yeah, that, so I don't want to go Yeah, let me re-center you here. Um, so, because I was going to ask what ended up being that big callus that got you into the other things. And it sounded like that was Pokemon. Um, so we've already kind of dove into that. But what was it really with games in those early years? What was it that you felt like hooked you and kept you coming back for now? Again, we're all in our mid-20s. What is it that has kept you coming back all of those years to games? And, like, why is that your – I mean, I think it's safe to say that's your preferred entertainment medium if you're going to spend your time on anything. Yeah, so my my two main preferred methods of, like, entertainment are books, like, solid books and video games. 
Um, I like reading. I like tangible reading. I understand like the portability and comfort of a Kindle, but I just like holding a book. No, I'm right. There I don't with know you. why. I'm right. There yeah, with I you. just like I just like holding a book. As far as video games are concerned, you know, it's the most interactive of the mediums, and that's why I appreciate it because I feel like I'm actually doing something with my time. And as a kid, it was pretty much I like this more than movies and TV shows. But as I've grown and stories have become better in video games. It's I like this more than movies and TV, and the stories are I hate to say longer, but y- you feel more involved, and especially with like RPGs, you seem like you you have more of a a control over the story that's happening. Yeah, and I it's weird to me because this I'm going off on a side tangent. People often put themselves into like one or two categories of like. They're either like an artsy, creative person or they're the opposite of that. And I kind of find myself in the middle. Like I'm a very creative person. Obviously, we talked about us creating some of the graphics that you guys are going to have and stuff like that. And I have a knack for that stuff. And I like creating things. But I also am very like analytical and I like that side of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I kind of toe that line a bit because I hear too many people – not too many people but a large amount of people talking about being creatives and struggling with the other side of that stuff and I don't. And I see both sides and I – I take comfort in both sides, and with video games, I I like stories in which I can kind of navigate the story on my own. That's why I, I like the Telltale games to some extent, the Mass Effect games. Mass Effect 2 is like my favorite game of all time, and not necessarily drastically changing the stories, but feeling like you're involved. Yeah. Um, I've talked about an, my own podcast. You know, We start off the show by talking about what we've been playing, watching, whatever. Jordan and Dom, my two co-hosts, often talk about, I've watched this TV show, I've watched this TV show, I've watched this movie, I've watched this movie, and they go on and on and on. Um, I don't really watch TV and movies often. Um, And that's not because I don't like watching TVs and movies. It's just whenever I have free time, they're not what I naturally gravitate to. There's very few movies that I'm like, I'm going to see this in theaters. I'm going to see it as soon as it's out. Um, For for superhero movies, that's pretty much my go-to. That and like... Anything directed by Peter Jackson, probably. Um, and with TV shows, I just find them too much of an investment. And TV shows that are average, I think, have way too much filler for me personally. Which is funny because like Dragon Ball Z is one of my favorite animes, and that's oh like yeah, and it is eighty five percent filler. Yeah, when you said um, filler, that was the first show that popped in my head. <laughs> exactly. But like when people talk about like the Flash or all these shows that are like twenty four episodes, I'm like, I'm not about that freak of the week monster. Like, yeah, I, the too flashes much and the Smallville's and the exactly and the like the TV shows I like are like Game of Thrones, where it's condensed ten episodes. Or uh, I mean, there's a fair amount of Netflix series that can be condensed by two or three episodes, but I still mm-hmm. think the ten to twelve is way better than the the twenty twenty two twenty four exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. one of my favorite my one of my favorite seasons of television period is the first season of house of cards after that i can't think it's kind of eh. they could have literally ended that at one season but why because it makes them more money um but like the first season of of house of cards is great going back to the question though is like video games i video games are the only medium where i am willing to take on a new genre that i haven't played before and i'll more than likely like it mm-hmm. um whereas with movies there's certain genres that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a fan of like the action bro movies, like the Fast and the Furious or the Expendables. Yeah, and I understand why they have the audience. People just like to go and turn off their brain at a movie and watch pretty things explode. That's not for me. I need story. I need something. It doesn't necessarily even have to be like philosophical or deep. It, there just needs to be some kind of through line, some right? substance, some substance. Exactly. 
And with video games, that's another thing of, I can play a game where there's not a whole lot of substance and be fine with that, whereas I find it hard for me to do that with movies. So it's just like the medium where I'm willing to experiment and deal with the less than stellar parts of it, whereas with movies and TV, I, for lack of a better term, I cut out the bullshit where... I'm only I know personally I only watch as many movies and TV shows as I do so I'm only going to watch the things I probably know like. I'm going to like exactly mm-hmm. and that's to a detriment really I mean I'm I'm not saying it's a good thing but it's just anytime I have free time I'd much rather grab a video game or try out something new than sit down and watch a movie I don't know how people rewatch movies three or four times I can't do that even my favorite <laughs> movies it's hard oh. for me to go back and rewatch I yeah, just can't I do that it. it's not I have a, a – my friend that I talked about about the Pokemon thing, he's like cut from a different cloth. He's the type of person that can sit down and see – he hasn't seen this movie before. I'll just throw out Wonder Woman. It's not on TV but just for the sake of the example. He sits down on the couch. Wonder Woman's playing like on USA or something. It's like 45 minutes through. He's never seen it before. He'll watch the last 45 minutes or hour and a half of the movie, be fine with it, and come back later and watch the first beginning of the movie. Oh, not have an would... issue with it. No, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> When I watch a movie or TV show, I have to sit there, no distractions, from point A to point B. I like to pay attention to all the subtle nuances and everything happening. I don't like to be distracted. Some people like to like wash dishes or do chores when they watch oh, I can't. things they've you never seen before. Some people like to like you know multitask, play on your on phone or play your Switch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I can't do that. If I'm watching a TV show or movie, I'm watching it. Like, I have to sit there, be zoned in. Once again, to a detriment, I don't think it's super great or inviting, but that's just the way I consume that type of media. But, yeah, yeah video games are just, man, they're the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas, you know? Just, so, the bee's knees was what I was thinking. So, in the same wavelength, Jared. Yeah. The I have a couple more, and then we'll get you out of here real quick. Um this one was more philosophical, and I was just ki- I wanted to ask this of all of our guests that we're going to have on this episode 100, whether they will regret the amount of time they've put into video games, because this is something I've thought about a lot, and it can be, I mean, it can be a simple yes or no, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, we do pour a lot of times into, into these things. Do you think that there's still value in that, or how, how do you feel about that? I think that humans waste time on a lot of things, and I think it's in our nature because we've evolved to a point where we have free time and we don't have to constantly be on our toes and be worrying about a predator in the bushes yeah, waiting to leap on us and out and hunt and gather and all that other. Exactly, stuff, yeah. it's Maslow's hierarchy of need. Once again, using this the same word like in three minutes, it's to our detriment kind of that we've evolved to this point because. We have all this free time, and people tend to complain, like, you're not using your free time effectively or stuff like that. But if you were to draw out a graph of all the free time you have in your life, people are going to have a bunch of quote-unquote bullshit that takes up a large chunk of that pie, yeah. right? And it's there's a lot of different things. There's, like, some people go to the mall and don't buy anything. They just walk around and look at stuff. I find that really dumb, just like somebody probably finds playing video games really dumb. Yeah. Or watching TV. Like, people say all this stuff about people wasting countless amounts of hours on video games. There's people who sit in front of a TV that are zombies. At least, at the very least, you can make an excuse that you're actively interacting with the video game, right? Yeah. Um, But to to go to, like, the core of the question of, like, I'll never regret it because – and this is probably coming from my own perspective – I the end goal for me is I want to make video games. I want to be a video game designer. That's Mm. what I'm passionate about. It's not necessarily – 
covering games, which I enjoy doing. I like talking about news because I just love video games. But like my end goal is creating video games, um, not from the sense of being an artist or a programmer. Those aren't what I'm co- I'm super comfortable with. I want to be a game designer, like level design, game design, producer. I like running the ship. I like being a leader. I like steering things in a certain direction. I think I'm really good at getting people that necessarily won't work together and having them work for a really cool vision. Um, I think that's something that I'm I'm good at, and I like leading people. Um, and that's not to say, like, I want to be the guy in charge. I want to be the guy whose name is Placer in all the video game boxes. But I think I would be good, and I think I have a lot of the skill set to bring people together and create something awesome. And I think one of the biggest things with that is, you know, being honest with yourself, especially in college, you come across people who are maybe in the same degree path that you are or going about things. And a lot of times in our society, people are too nice, I think, where they'll see somebody's work and they're just like, oh, that's fine, you know, whereas their quality of work isn't great, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that for my situation, I think video games and playing them, I'll never regret because it it lets me see mistakes. It lets me see where people got things right. And, uh, yeah, I just think that people put too much weight on regretting those decisions you made, like of what entertainment it's entertainment. Like, I don't think there's something wrong with that. Um, yeah, you could probably be out working out and making your body a quote unquote temple or (laughs) doing charitable, charitable things, you know, like, but as far as like picking one entertainment medium over the other, it's like, okay, you're saying that my time with video games is wasted, but you just sat on a couch and watched TV. At least I moved my hands. Yeah. Like, I don't know. At, I least, at least my Improves my moved. hand-eye coordination. Got better at that. Exactly. And that's funny, too, is, like, that's there's a lot of benefits from video games over watching TV. I think of, like, hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. And I'm not saying video games are super healthy for you. Obviously, no one should sit on a couch for 10 hours at a time. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's why you yeah. get. That's why you get a DDR mat, and you get. I was gonna say, have you ever TV. played Dance Dance Revolution or exactly. Just Dance, or or Connect? You know, because like it's there. There's physical Connect, movement yeah. games, but also half the time it doesn't work. So it's just you trying to fix it, and that's physical exactly. exercise as well. Of course, Jared um, would point out the Connect. <laughs> exactly. The, the uh, or the PlayStation guy. I or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll never regret it ever. Um, so, I mean, last question then, it sounds already obvious, but you're obviously going to be playing games the rest of your life, right? You never envision a point where you're going to stop doing that? Not, how would I state this? Not by choice. Yeah. I mean, there comes a point I've heard, I wouldn't say horror stories, but like once you get into like game design and game development, it's a very rigorous job and it takes a lot of your time. And who's to say that when I get to the point where I'm creating video games uh, at a high level and I'm spending all of my time and there's crunch and I'm spending countless hours and working overtime and all this stuff, when I'm not doing that stuff on the weekends, am I going to want to still look at a video game or am I going to want to detach from that and go out to the mm-hmm. park or stuff like that? Maybe and you'll like, want to lay on a couch and be a zombie and watch a TV show. Maybe exactly. that'll become more and, alluring to you as you get older. But I I don't I don't think I'll ever stop playing video games. It just might be that I stop playing bigger video games. Yeah. As I grow older. And like, you know, as where we know this, when you're younger you have all the time in the world to put you know cl- do collectathons in open world games or do all this crazy stuff or spend I think my final count on Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was like 42 days played. 
which is like insane. That was like my whole summer of like days, 42 days. Yeah. 42 days on Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. That's like the game I think I put the most time into. I think that's over a thousand hours. That is a thousand and eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. That game was insane. I played that game for way too long, but it was with well, friends and stuff like that. The out but... now if you want to grab that, or it's out on PS4, Ooh. I guess. I have. That's a whole other topic of it being exclusive, on top of the fact that they changed the multiplayer and they added microtransactions. Yeah, I could go on and on. That game Me? is not the game everyone wanted remastered. Not even close. Where's my Modern Warfare 2 remaster? Max, You'll get it you this never even, Max never even played Modern Warfare. I'm tired of him using that quote every time we bring up Call of Duty 4. Modern Call Warfare 2 All I'm saying is... is it's going to be available this fall, $80 bundle, and they're going to change a bunch of stuff about it, and it's not going to be the game you wanted remastered. I'm telling as you. Long, you first on episode as long, long as there are spec ops. Oh, spec God. Ops there. Um, yeah, but just ending the question, yeah, I'll, I don't think I'll ever stop playing video games. It's as much a part of me as anything else, and I. it's not a phase. I think a lot of times by now, by the time you're in your mid-20s, I think for the most part, as far as like your, your choices of hobbies – as long as they're not like hurting people or anything like that, I'm pretty sure you're good to go for the rest of your life. Of you, your your twenties are where you figure out what you want to invest in. And I think at this point, where I'm about to be 26, like I know video games will be a part of my life forever. You know, so better than heroin. Forever, exactly. Forever. Thank you so much for coming on episode 100. We appreciate it. Um, go ahead and tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Controlled Interests. Uh, if you just go to YouTube and type in Controlled Interests, you'll find us. Uh, we have a neat little nifty logo. It's green and gray. Uh, we do a weekly podcast. We're also going to be doing a, another series called A Look Back At, where it's essentially just a one-off podcast of games from our past, and we talk about what they meant to us, what they meant to the industry at the time, all of that stuff. Um, you can follow me at Twitter individually at Jared underscore. I'm still trying to get at Jared, but the the guy hasn't <laughs> used his Twitter like in three years. And the worst part is his Twitter before he stopped using it was like clickbait ads like I lost weight on Fit T. Click this link uh, to find out. Or like, you know, um, it's so not still a porn bot. It's better than that. Exactly. And like I've struggled for the longest time of like, do I change it to just Jared W or do I just hold out on principle? I'm just, just waiting. J Dubs, J Dubs, that oh, works. J Dubs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me there. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. Um, if you guys dig the the logo and the stuff I made for the MGS podcast, uh, let me know because I, I, you know, I, I think I did a good job on it. Yeah. And hopefully, people enjoy it. You, you did. We love it. Yeah, oh, if yeah, also, for all of you out there, if you want to commission Jared for your graphic design work, hit him up. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not pitching for that. I was just no, saying, I'll if pitch you for like that for you. Know, He's a very we we will pitch for you. Um, on a side note, when I when we were first talking about it, I said that I design stuff uh, based on what you guys like, right? Because I know people who design stuff and they're like they kind of like try to lead the the person they're working with of like, no, that doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And you want to give some advice, but you don't want to fully it's your guys's choices your guys's stuff what i was going to get to is my personal favorite combination was the green the like the lime green and the purple i yeah. love that combination i think both of you guys disliked it wholly and now in my mind i was like yeah this is exactly why i do it the way i do it because if it was up to me i would have chose that one and they both don't like it so it's it like, looks like course. it reminded me of the joker I think I yeah, may have like, said that. Well, my favorite superhero is the Hulk. So I was like, of course mm. I'm going to be naturally drawn to those colors. <laughs> the green um, and the purples. 
Exactly. And then, of course, yeah, so I was naturally much... drawn to the Pacers slash Michigan colors that we had going there. Too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Max is like, I'm not familiar. Let me Google Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, yeah I was like, uh, what colors are they? Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, thank you for having me. It was cool talking yeah, about my video no game problem. past. Yeah, no it's problem. weird, like I said, like I said before, because I'm the Xbox guy, but I actually grew up on Nintendo and PlayStation, and then I converted uh, through the cult. I drank the punch. So. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like a plot twist at the end of a t- 24 episode TV show. I actually oh, like God. the green and the purple. It looks pretty good. Maximum, he didn't like it. I think the orange works. Yeah. Though. The orange works. It's a little bright. Yeah. I think it I works. like the charcoal. I really like the charcoal. Yeah, with the, it's a nice balance. Anyway, Jared. Colors. The Color Podcast. The Color Podcast. Jared, thank you for coming on. Really, we appreciate it. No we will have you. you on again, I'm sure, in the future. But until then, let's keep chugging along with episode 100. Our next guest on episode 100 is none other than somebody who filled in for me while I was at E3. He did our PlayStation coverage with Max for the Sony conference this year. Mitchell Morgan is with us on the podcast for the first formal episode, I guess. Mitchell, how are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing well, man. How are you? I am not too shabby today. So, we're beyond. beyond. Was, was that you, Max? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was testing Mitchell's reflexes. Yeah, he's got to he's got to throw that out. That was very. Loud. I still have that reflex, man. Every I time know, I hear it's, it, it's anytime you hear that twitch. word, it's like it's a twitch. It's like a nervous twitch. Mitchell, I'm curious. Do you still listen yeah. to Beyond by chance? Because I do. Uh, I still like the show. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. My last episode was Greg and Colin's last That's episode. That's probably I fitting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt I felt like that was a good time to cut it off. Are, are they not to talk about someone else's podcast? Are they still doing doing well? I like the show. So, like, I'm a huge comedy button fan. So it's like that with yeah. video games. So I'm I'm fine with it. It's a different okay, show. Cool. It's not real beyond or whatever you want to call it i get that but it's not old beyond i wouldn't even call it real beyond because who are we to say what a podcast should or shouldn't yeah, be it's a different podcast but i like what the podcast is so okay we'll cool. see that yeah, uh, i jumped right on the ps i love you bandwagon but and then that went down in flames <laughs> you know and, then, and now yeah. and now it's born again the phoenix rises but is it as good who knows we could get into a whole subtopic about that but instead <laughs> Mitchell, we are bringing yeah. all of our guests on to talk about their origin stories with video games, and I am curious to know what your tale is, because you are a tad bit younger than us. Uh, this podcast True. is Millennial Gaming Speak, so you're... We start, so we started this podcast because we, my, Max and myself, realized we're a lot younger than some other mainstays in the gaming industry who are always talking about the old school games they used to play back then. Max and myself grew up with the N64s and the PlayStation 1s and things of that nature. Um, so right. I'm curious, where did you kind of get your start with video games and what was kind of your first entry into that entire world? Sure. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm 18, about, about to turn 19. So my first console was a PlayStation 1. Okay. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it was actually, I think it was a present for my sisters to get who are a little bit older than me, two or three years older than me. Um, and we got it with the original Crash Bandicoot. So from the get-go, it was like cream of the crop. We were playing <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. We were playing Rallycross. Um, we were playing Wild Nine, if you guys remember that game. I do um, not. I've not heard of that one. It's, it's, what is it's Wild like a, Nine? It's a weird, like almost cyberpunk-esque side-scrolling game with a dude who has like a... Um, like a uh, like a grappling hook, an energy grappling hook attached to his wrist, and it's just like jumping over. It's a side scroll platformer game. It's really cool. Um, 
we a lot of our lives were on demo discs back in the day. Um, we would get a demo disc out of a PlayStation magazine, and there was the one that had the Crash Bandicoot three warped Coco level, where you mm-hmm. play, um, where you're on the tiger. I can't remember the name of the level. You're on the tiger and on the the Great Wall, and just like jumping over all the gaps. We would just replay that demo over and over and over again uh, until we actually got Crash Bandicoot three warped, which my sister and I played like every single day. And I still remember vividly playing that game in my room um, and hitting the game over screen where Uka Uka pops up on the screen and like does that deep like game over growl and just crying. Like just bursting <laughs> into tears every time. Uh, so it, it, it was playing the uh, insane trilogy uh, over the weekend and coming back to that game over screen was a little surreal and just brought up, you know, a lot of old emotions. Um, but yeah, the, my start was definitely the PlayStation one era and playing Crash Bandicoot was the main thing. And from there, every console I had, I went PlayStation one to PlayStation two to PS three to PSP and Vita and the PS four. Um, he's tried and true, tried and true. There is no doubt that Mitchell is a PlayStation fan. Absolutely. So I have curiosity, I mean, have you ever owned the other yeah. consoles or anything like that? Like anything yeah. Nintendo or Xbox? Yeah. Um, so we got we got a Nintendo Wii when that was uh, when that was a big thing, mm-hmm. and just a couple years ago I got an Xbox One for Christmas okay. as a you know I should probably explore what the other side has to offer, and I played Sunset Overdrive, mm-hmm. and I played Rare Replay and have not touched the Xbox One in a year <laughs> since then. And you know though Sunset Overdrive is like a great tease for what Spider Man's going to feel like probably. Right? I loved Sunset Overdrive. Uh, such a good game and i mean i want to play like forza horizon and uh, you should play of- horizon 3 with the hot wheels dlc yeah it looks awesome oh. uh, so yeah, my follow-up was always uh, most people have at this point naturally told us what their one game they latched onto was and in your case it seems like it was crash bandicoot um yes so Moving forward and even like where you're at now with games and stuff like that, I guess what is it that has kept you coming back to that medium all these years? Like why do you always go back to video games? Um, I'm pre- I'm assuming with most people we're having on, that's probably their preferred entertainment choice when they have free time. Maybe it's not for you, but what is it about video games that keep you coming back? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, when when games are done really well it depends it depends on what what kind of game you're playing when games are done really well like uncharted 4 and the last of us and those kind of games it is a perfect mixture of every medium that i like um you you have the the cinematography of a movie you have the orchestral score like in the last of us it's just gorgeous mm-hmm. um you you have the story not always you know the best story but something that's engaging in a game um, like I don't remember, I think it might've been a giant bomb cast where they went through and pinpointed how this story of uncharted four was almost beat for beats the story for, um, national treasure two. Uh, <laughs> that sounds absolutely crazy. Right. But it's, I don't know. It's one of those experiences that just in my mind perfectly combines a lot of other mediums in an interactive way. And I, I know that's kind of a generic answer, but it's like I, the I, the America of entertainment. It's a melting pot. It's a melting pot. Yeah, and and when they're they're done well, there's just nothing that can beat it. And then you have games that are like Next Machina or Resogun that are just like that 
adrenaline intensive game like the my favorite thing about Resogun Next Machina why I love those games is just the just the the gameplay knowing that everything like any mistake that you make is your fault and you can learn and you can get better and you can play against your friends like those games are about leaderboard chasing to me and they're about how perfectly they play and how you can learn from them and get better and better and better at them and I, I love that kind of feeling from games yeah, I think, I mean, even compared to TV and movies where there's, of course, a bunch of different genres for each, for whether it be horror or sci-fi or whatever kind of movie you want to watch, I feel like you can even kind of sink into that a little bit deeper with games where you've got not only the genre of the world you're in, but then the genre of the game as well, which leads to a lot more variety, I think, with games. Right. So you can kind of find what you're trying to get a taste for with each game a little bit more um absolutely i've been asking this of everybody do you think yeah. when all is said and done you will regret the amount of time you put into video games because this is something <laughs> i struggle with a little bit sure um i used to worry about that but i don't know i think my affinity for games has led to so many other opportunities outside of just games that like I can't imagine not having them in my life in some capacity. Um, like just that that affinity for PlayStation I had led to my relationship with the Beyond guys. And that entered me into this whole different world where I was I was interviewing game developers. I was talking to these people. I was um, you know part part of a community on there. And if I didn't have games, I would never have been thrust into that into that world. So, in a way, games have kind of just been a a jumping point onto something greater. But at the same time, I just enjoy playing games. It's like I don't I don't think people regret the time that they spend listening to music or watching movies or reading books. Like it's it's a very similar thing to that for me. Yeah, and I think I've I've always struggled with that, like I said myself, and I'm curious to see what everybody else says because you're one of the first people we're talking to with this, all these interviews we're doing for this episode. Um, but I think there's a lot more of a stigma around video games as being more of a time waster compared to yeah. music or movies or TV shows or something like that. And I don't know why that is really. I don't know why it's, video games aren't as widely as accepted, but when you think about it, it really is the same. I, I think it's because... Not to go off on my own rant because I know we want you to talk. I think it's because you're doing that one-to-one input a little bit more. Like I can put music on and work or do something else like in the background. Um, And I think that's why for the most part. But I'm curious to see what everybody else says. Um, Moving forward then, you think games are always going to be a part of your life in some way? Do you think there will ever be a time where you stop playing necessarily? Um, I don't know if I'll I'll ever stop. I can see them playing a, a more diminished role I, I think at this point in my life they are a little bit like especially at the end of high school um when things were getting a little more stressful they definitely took an aside and i was focusing more on schoolwork, on studying on especially friends which is a, a big part right now with all my friends about to go to college i kind of put things on the back burner um so they have become more of a when i have the spare time and i'm just in the mood to just relax i'll throw on Crash Bandicoot, I'll throw on Next Machina. They're mm-hmm. not something that, like, you know, a couple years ago, I would spend an entire weekend doing nothing but just, like, plowing through my Steam library and just, <laughs> you know, just kind of spending all that time 
doing games. So I, I don't think they'll ever go away, but I, I do think I'll, I'll strike a better balance between real life and that, that form of entertainment. Just, just remember this, Mitchell. Friends may come and go, but the Bandicoot will always be there. Yeah, he's been so loyal to me, Max. He has not led you <laughs> astray. So just remember where your true friends lie. <laughs> he went. He went out to. He kind of pulled a my a move like my dad, and he went out to get some milk, and he didn't come back for like ten or fifteen years. But he's finally yeah. back now. He he's he back. got he got that milk, and he showed back up, and he's in our he looks a little different. Now. He sounds a little different, but <laughs> apparently it's all the same voice actors, though. I don't know how they swung that one. Yeah. No idea. Uh, Mitchell, yeah. thank you for so much for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story with us. I'm sure there's a lot more we could dive into, but I'm inter- like I said, I was interested in hearing where you came at, just being a little bit younger than us and what your kind of story with getting into games was. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me uh, mostly just on Twitter at Mitchell W. Morgan is where you'll find everything there. <laughs> End of an era. <laughs> End of an era. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to get that it professional was... LinkedIn. Type I know, but you know, like just, there's something about M Dog. You just, yeah. I mean, that's that's all that'll all be always be my PSN name, Max. It's okay. That's true because they true. will never let us change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if I wanted it to be different, it can never change. <laughs> well, Mitchell, again, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll have to get you on another episode here sometime if you got. If you have some availability, and we'll do a deeper dive into news and a little bit more broader discussions. But again, thank you so much for coming on episode 100, and let's keep chugging along with our guests. Welcoming back to the show, our oldest guest, Brian Hankin, joins us once again. Brian Hankin, game developer. What's up, dude? Uh-oh. Oh, 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 oh. A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. You're designing a video game. That I am. I'm doing it right now as we speak you are you're in the are you making the those polygon trees the polygonal yeah trying to make as little of them as possible okay for i didn't want to get into a huge side tangent about this because i actually want to have you on the show once you release the game and we can talk about that entire process oh but yeah dude. in a quick just you're creating elevator a light of the mountain yeah give us a Elevator pitch for your game when it's coming out. Any you want to okay. you want to reveal the official release date live on this episode 100 of this podcast? I wish I could, um, <laughs> but I don't even know it yet. I know I have a window, but I can't even say that. Um, no, it's um okay. Basically, if I had to give an elevator pitch, if I had to be fast about it, there you play as a dying man who is stranded on an island. Um, very weird island. You slowly start to realize that you're there for a reason. There's really weird things like all these old, like ruins of stuff, and like you know, um, like you see your old house that you've lived in before you were stranded on the island, and you hear voices as you go through. And basically, as you're going through this island, exploring it and uncovering secrets and solving puzzles, trying to get to this light on top of this giant mountain, the story's being told to you in the form of a letter that the main character is writing to himself. And this is of a dying man, so it's extremely sad. It's extremely depressing. But that was one of the things is that we wanted to really like deliver a story that was going to affect people like emotionally as they played. So we wanted to make a really fun game, but we also wanted something that was going to stick with people for other reasons. That was the main thing behind the game. But I've played it a bunch. Dylan's playing it right now. It's a lot of fun, actually. I like it. 
And you play the role of titular man, right? (laughs) I do. You play the role of the light of the mountain, the voice of him. Yeah, the main character's name is Isaac, um, and I I am him, yeah. You're the voice? (laughs) Yeah, it's me. That's pretty cool. That cuts down (laughs) on production costs, doesn't it? It did. That was the reason we did it. Dylan Dylan does a voice as a doctor, or he's he he might be doing a voice as a doctor. Um, and then I have all like, just my friends that are doing like the rest of the voices. Like, um, my friend Kira, who I worked with, is doing a voice of a character I can't mention yet. <laughs> um, and then it's already been announced that my friend Austin, who does um YouTube let's plays and Twitch streams like for a living, he um he is doing a voice of sort of a secondary secret character that's in the game. Oh, Easter Mario. Mario. Huh? Yeah, you guys that's got Ma- you guys got Mario it's in Mario. your game and it's publishing on them. a PlayStation console. Yeah, that's what it is. You yeah. shelled out the extra money. We got him. <laughs> got it. Uh, Brian. So, yeah. with this episode 100, we're bringing everybody on and we want to know a little bit about their backstories with video games and a little bit about their origins and how they got into gaming and all that stuff. Uh, okay. what are your earliest memories of video games and how did you get into this? crazy thing that we all love my my very first game that i had ever played ever was um super mario world on this on the snes um and i remember always playing it with my cousins at their house and like really 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 liking it i never got past like the third level because i was a kid i was like probably maybe maybe three or four years old i wasn't very old yet um and then after that you know my parents bought me my own um nintendo 64 because it was still like you know maybe four years old at that point it was still kind of a kind of a thing nothing else was really out yet and i got that and i remember playing banjo kazooie when that came out yeah or not when it came out around the time it came out i was still extremely young this is still three-year-old brian trying to play video games um I got Donkey Kong 64 for Christmas. Obviously, that's like my favorite game ever. I love that game. It stuck with me forever. I don't know what it is about that game, but I just, as a kid, that was like my life, and it was all I wanted to play. Um, so the Nintendo 64 was probably the biggest uh, thing that really kicked me into games. Um, and then I've had pretty much every system <laughs> after that. I've been a big console guy. PC lately, but... Console, console forever. forever. Good to hear consoles. Uh, so going off of that, and you said you pretty much own every system after that, what was it really with games that kept you coming back all those years? Why did you – what was it that clicked about the medium with you, and what was it that really, I don't know, spoke to you, I guess, more so than TV or movies or music or something like that might have? I, th- I think – for me personally is because it was it was all me like my biggest like going back to donkey kong 64 that that game i think nails like having <clears throat> really good atmosphere and really good um art direction to where it just kind of like even though the graphics aren't that great for today's standard it just like pulls you into the game and you and for some reason you just you feel like you're a part of it and so i felt like i was like escaping into this like different world that was mine and so that was a big part of it for me is that I thought that I could just kind of like es- escape to all these different places inside games and I could control how everything went myself. I loved that. Um, 
like I, there's competitive games that I play, but it doesn't give me the same kind of rush, I guess, as you know, just finding some random dungeon in the woods in Skyrim and discovering all that myself. That's like a big part of what's going into Light of the Mountains. It's a lot of just like finding things and exploring the world and just being in the world yourself. Mm-hmm. Is there a I golden banana in Light games. of the Mountain? What's that? Is there a golden banana in Light of the Mountain? There can be. I there yeah there can be actually. <laughs> I can <laughs> make that happen. DLC microtransactions. There? <laughs> Find all the golden bananas to unlock your monkey partner. Oh, but we can't forget the rare coin. That's true. Coin. You need the you need the rear the rear coin and the <laughs> Nintendo coin. Um, I'm, I'm so we're, we've been asking everybody about the regrets with how much time they've spent playing games and whether they or whether or not they regret the amount of time they've poured into games in their lives. But I'm more curious. I'll, I'll mix it up for you. Has it gotten to a point where maybe you play games now and you're like? I should be working on my own game rather than playing this. And I don't even know how much time you've been playing games throughout the past <laughs> year or two that you've been working on this. But when you do, do you find yourself like, uh, I should be working on that instead of playing this or something like that? Every single day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it happens all the time. Like, where I had extra time last night where I was playing uh, Dark Souls with a friend. And it, the thought will always crop up, even if it's just for a few seconds or if it's for the entirety where I'm playing, where it's just like, I have this free time right now, and I'm totally wasting it by not making progress on that game, by not like working on Light of the Mountain and getting it closer and ready for release. Um, but like that, and you sometimes I'll stop playing if I'm by myself and I'll work on it a little bit, or sometimes I'll just keep going because I get too lazy. Um, but back in the day, I think I played a lot more games than i do now like skyrim on i still don't know yeah skyrim i i had like over a couple over like 1300 hours in <laughs> i've 100 in skyrim whiz. that's one of my greatest achievements ever <laughs> that's what oh, awesome. i couldn't do that Gosh. now because i have to make this because it really does it's very tedious it takes up all your time so when you're doing other stuff when you have free time it's like you feel like that's all you should be doing. Yeah. So when I'm sitting down, you know, playing Donkey Kong 64, again, as a 21-year-old, I always kind of yeah. think, like, maybe I should be working on letting out. And, and I mean, for you, you are you guys are indie devs, so you're not – I mean, you, this isn't your day job necessarily either. It's like, this is, oh. this is like a passion project free time thing as it is for you right now. So I assume that puts you in an even weirder position. It where... does. So – Wednesdays, Thursdays, the only times we really have to like sit down together and work on it. So all the other times is just I have a day job and I'm doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm so excited, dude, to see the game come out just because I, I'm interested to see what you guys have made because I know how much work you've been putting into it. Um, too much. <laughs> too much. I'm, I'm really I really am excited for it though, and I, I we're gonna have you back on hopefully. You guys have got your own podcast, so for those who don't know, where you talk about yeah, the game. Yeah, we do. Like, are you still doing it weekly, or is it bi-weekly now at this point, it's, or whenever you feel like monthly. it? monthly. We realized that, like, twice... We were going to do it once a week, and then I was like, that's probably too much, that's probably detracting, and then we were going to do it twice a month, but then it got to a point where, like, there wasn't enough going on with this game yeah. at one second. It's very tedious work to where we could talk about it twice a month, so now we do it once a month. Uh-huh. We're actually about to record that tomorrow, I think. So the next one comes out 
sometime after tomorrow. So find that on podcast services, like, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. What is the name of the show? It's just the Light of the Mountain Developer Podcast. Or no, it's the Songhouse Games Developer Podcast. There you go, because that's the name of your studio. There you go. Got to get the branding in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Songhouse Games is us, as weird of a name as that is, but... (laughs) Um, we'll have you back on, like I said, closer to talk more extensively about the game and maybe after we've played it as well, because I'm sure Max and myself will both play through it later this year. Um, the other thing, the last thing, I guess, um, that I wanted to ask you is how big of a role do you see games being played in your life moving forward? And that's probably an... I'll change it up for you. That's the question we've been asking. That's the question we've been asking everybody else. But I'm going to put the developer spin on it for you. Um, Are you already looking ahead? Do you have future projects in mind you guys want to work on as Songhouse Games, or do you just want to get this done? Or like, where's your head at with your projects? Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's. We already know the next game we're going to make. We know. I know it beginning, middle, and end, and I know how it's going to be played. But I can't really talk about that too much. Um, and then you don't want to pull it going before this game was even started with some CGI trailers and some talk about it extensively with us about the concepts behind it. It's about (laughs) ropes and there's some whales and, uh, you fight with a stick. (laughs) There's, there was always one game that was just like, you know, one day when I have a team of people and technology has progressed a little bit, there is this one game that, you know, I, I know the story, like, yeah, there's a couple. There's actually a couple games that I know the story in and out, forwards and backwards, and I've just been like waiting to like to make it, and I still probably won't make it for years. And it it, it reminds me of this tweet uh, that J.K. Rowling tweeted a couple weeks ago, where she it was about for Harry Potter's like 20th anniversary. She was like, "I'm really happy that like so many people are enjoying the world that I had to live alone inside in my head for years. And that's the point that I'm in right now. It's like this game is like only real to me in my head. I mean, of course, Dylan knows it. Um, but like when I when I think about it, I can like see everything. I can see how the world is is going to be built. I can see the sort of style I want it to be. And so I hope that you know, if the games I make between now and then are really good, that I someday get to make that as an as a as an older man. I'm hoping that games can play a bigger role in my life rather than just playing them a lot. Yeah. I want to be uh, creating new ones. I want to be the guy who cried when Rabbids was showed at E3. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> that dude's awesome. He's, I forget. His he's name. a hero. What's his name? David or Dave, David? David. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember his last name though. That game's awesome too, by the way. That game's really. Well, fun. I can't wait for that. I really want that. It's very. It, fun. I cannot you should be wait incredibly excited. You both should be First, very excited for that game. It's I was so, so Brian, skeptical of that, and now Brian, I'm all over it. Brian, you won't want that game because Grant Kirkhope is doing the music. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the soundtrack to that game like twice. I, I don't know. <laughs> one I on iTunes, like... one in vinyl, one in CD. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, of course. I'll be all over that. I'll be listening to that constantly. It's gonna What be... I've heard from it is really good so far. Yeah, it sounds really good. I was. Uh, yeah. It was one of those things I was watching the gameplay reveal, and I was like, that's Greg Grant Kirkhope soundtrack. I think I even tweeted that. I was, uh, so I was watching it. Immediately. Like, 
And it was it was so great hearing Grant Kirkup do the Princess Peach like castle theme. Yeah. That immediately was just like it's so Mario, but like at the same time it's very Grant Kirkup, and you can feel it. Yeah. I I can't wait for that game, dude. It's gonna be really good, dude. Thank you so much for coming on episode one hundred. Like I said, you're our oldest guest. I'm. He's our oldest guest, right, Max? He was our first guest, I think. He is. He is our first guest. He's first not the guest. oldest person we've had. Not on the our. Show, yeah, he? not the oldest person. Actually, you probably are. Even though we yeah. did have an 18 year old on this show, who you may have uh, already no, heard about or are going to hear about here from soon. However, depending on how we stagger these or cut these together, I'm happy this to episode. But yeah, Brian, again, we will have you on closer to the release of Songhouse Games' Light of the Mountain, which is due out on October 15th, 2017. Jeez. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> When's uh, will we? Can I have you on my podcast when the uh, script is, when your script is done? The one that's supposed to come out like January 1st, 2018? My script? I finished my uh, film script. You finished it? Yeah, I had to for school. Oh, oh yeah, I have it actually. It's still it's sitting really here on my desktop. Bad because oh, the, no, last 20, awesome. the last twenty pages are really bad. I deviate from like the rest of the script. I was like, uh, I'm just gonna make up an ending so I can end this. Yeah, it was like a school project for me. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really hard, but it's cool. Oh no, it's insanely hard. The script for this game has made me want to kill myself. How many pages is it? <laughs> what's What's that? Did Logan's script end up in Brian's Skype chat? What? Oh, oops. <laughs> I would have said I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's literally sitting on my desktop. It's been there ever since you said to do me. I was gonna actually ask you about that earlier, Max. Dang it! Now everybody else is gonna ask for this crummy movie script I wrote in college. Now everyone knows. We should get like a a model citizens like table read of it. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. Oh my gosh! That would be so good. That's actually a really good episode. (laughs) I can't wait for that episode. That episode's gonna be good. We might actually have, like... we might actually have to talk about that tonight, Max. That's oh, actually not a terrible perfect. idea. That's, that's just like so old, good. That's, Model Citizens is what I listen to while I while I work on the game from at home. That's like, so weird. Yeah, that's gonna be a long one and a really good one. I'm excited for that. I can't wait for that. Can you guys let me oh know. Oh my when gosh, Brian, don't read that script. <laughs> if we do it, wait, we'll do it that it? way. That's a good idea. Have good it be idea. a surprise. <laughs> Oh, you're right. I, okay. If you guys do it, I'm not going to read it. Stay tuned to uh, the Model Citizen oh, show. Oh, my gosh. That's too good. <laughs> As for Millennial Gaming Speak, again, thank you for coming on. We will talk to you, I'm sure, very soon. The game, it is due out this fall, later this year, though, still, correct? This this fall. Release date coming soon. Okay. Cool. We'll talk soon, then. We'll get you back on the show. I really do. I really have one to reach out and talk to you soon about it. So we'll make sure that we hook up and do that. And I'll see you yeah, at Max's thanks, wedding. Doug. So, thank you, Brian. We appreciate it. Joining us now in making his Millennial Gaming Speak debut is none other than fellow citizen Mario Rivera. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing swell. Oh my god, I actually made it to one of these shows. You made it on the podcast. Finally. Oh We've god. been trying to get yeah. you on here forever. Uh for heads up too, Max isn't here for this one. So it's just me and Mario. But uh yeah, Mario. We need some anyways. Yeah, we we don't need that guy around. Uh Mario, thank you for joining us. You are with us over there on the Model Citizens, of course, Model Citizens Media, which 
Millennial Gaming Speak is a part of, but we still haven't gotten you on this show until now. So we'll have yeah, to change that at some point. It's because I don't like video games. Yeah, you That's hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> yeah, you, my existence. Uh, yeah, we've been meaning to get you on the show forever, so we'll have to do that at some point after 100. Um, we'll get you on formally to do a regular-ish show with us, at least within our new format. But uh, yeah. So for this episode, episode numero 100, we've been bringing everybody on to talk about their stories with the video games, and I don't actually know yours because while we talk pretty regularly... Uh, again, we haven't had you on this show, so I don't even know where your history with games started. So what okay. was really the first thing you started playing when you were a kid? How did you get into video games? What were those early years like for you discovering video games as a whole? Well, it started in the womb. I was playing <laughs> NES. Actually, because uh, oddly enough, my name is Mario, and that is actually the first game that I do remember playing. Um, the original? There's a famous... The original, uh, yeah. not the, yeah, Super Mario Brothers, not the, uh, the, the not the, the bounce the, of the turtles or whatever, no, the pound no, blocks. No, no, no. Um, but uh, I actually have a famous photo when I'm really, really young. I actually have like the NES controller in my hand, and I'm sitting there with my dad. My dad, who's also named Mario, named me, and it was just kind of a cute photo of like two Marios playing Mario. So it, it's one of those memories that I had just playing. Is like I remember being there and playing um, Mario Duck Hunt. And then my favorite game of all time, uh, Kung Fu. Kung Fu is your favorite game of all time? I love Kung Fu. I would play it right now if I could. If it was emulated on you know, on the Switch, I'd be playing Kung Fu right now. I really hope that one day we're just like, you know what? we got to bring this back. HD remaster. <laughs> HD remaster of Kung Fu. All of Kung Fu. Was that yeah, on the NES Classic? I can't even remember. It wasn't. It okay. wasn't, which was breaks my heart it should have been one of the 30 <laughs> games but no no that i just yeah i just remember playing that and then i watched game grumps play it a couple years ago and i'm like god i'm just there i'm back so so it yeah. started with the nes then yes. uh where did you kind of move how old were you in that uh picture of you playing i chance, honestly you know? i think i'm either one or two okay because so I, I was yeah, 1990, so um, it's been out for a while at that point. There's a picture of me holding a Sega Genesis controller, and I think I was 18 months old. And I'm wearing okay. a diaper in the picture. So it's nice. just me with a diaper. I think no shirt. No, I'm wearing a shirt. It's me in a, a T-shirt, a diaper, and holding a Genesis controller. You know, you know, if you take that put it in Photoshop, that could be a little Wing album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Carter. What are they on? Six now? Five or yeah, six? I, I something so. like that? Yeah, they'll just put a tattoo on your back. So where'd you move to after the NES, or what were those first early years like after that? Like, So because it was an interesting time where, in my mind, Atari and NES were like, they came out at the same time. Or should I say Sega Genesis and NES came out at the same time because I was playing games like in 91 all the way up to like 94 and then I saw Nintendo, you know, Nintendo 64. Yeah. Like roughly after it, I'm like, whoa, this is all existing in the same time span. So I have a weird perspective of time because I know that the NES, what, that was like mid 80s, right? Um, yeah, mid to late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's the new thing to me. And then I see something like in 3D, and I'm like, what the hell is this? But <laughs> I played Sega Genesis. I played Sega Saturn. Sega I actually Saturn. Had, had a Saturn. I used to play. Uh, was it Dragoon? Yeah. Legend yeah. of the Dragoon. Yeah, um, I used to play Legend that a lot of, of something yeah, like that. something like that. Or I used to play um, 
WrestleMania or there's a WWF game way back in the day where I used to play as Goldust and that oh, was uh, uh dude uh, that was the that was the, my that was my jam and then of course you know like I said uh I played is that weird time where all those systems I felt like were all out at the same time but clearly they've come out and my dad had them so yeah my dad was an avid collector at the time and then yeah it it go it went from having like you know like I said NES Sega to then 64 and then I think at some point Dreamcast when I was in teens. So it all came in the span. The only time where I like caught up to technology, I think PS2 just came out. I remember it being like five hundred, six hundred dollars. I think it was four or five. Yeah. If I and remember I was like, right. I can never, ha- I can never afford that. However, can I make five hundred? It actually may have been three hundred, which at but the time was insane. Okay. okay. I remember. I might be wrong okay. with that though. I can't remember. I, I, it might have been like the Japan number was like five or something, but I remember I was like, "Wow, that sounds crazy." And then I remember my like best friend at the time having it in his house, and then we're like, "Hey, have you ever heard of this game? It's, it's got uh, strippers and cars, and you can run them over." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's oh, it's Grand Theft Auto 3. And I'm like, "This is amazing." Yeah, that was when my parents were very scared, I think, when they got me the yeah. PS2 because of those games. That's when those started making making waves in the media. I'll never forget when I got my PS2, I had asked for it for Christmas. And I was, like, keyed into the whole Santa thing by this point. So yeah. I remember it was, you're, like, you're game. yeah, I knew what was up. And I was, like, I knew how expensive the PS2 was. And I was, mm-hmm. like, realistically thinking about it, I'm, like, my parents are not going to get me a PS2. Like, I've begged for it. They're not going to get it because I know how insanely expensive it is. And, like, I even asked my dad, I was like, hey, can you just be honest? Like, you guys are going to get me a PS2 because of how expensive it is. He's like, I promise you we did not get you a PS2. I'm sorry. I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's what I expected. Of course, on Christmas morning, I open up a PS2 and I'm like, ah! You're, you're probably just happy that cell phones were not a big thing, and then that way you won't be uploaded to the internet as that kid. You know? like, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and I got like that, and Batman Vengeance, and like all kinds of other <laughs> stuff, which was actually a solid game at the time. Okay. I will stand up for Batman Vengeance. It's not aged well, but uh, yeah, I remember I got a bunch of stuff that Christmas. That was a good year. Uh, back to you though. So. Yeah. What is it really about games and video games as a whole that has kept you coming back all of those years? Because the common root here with everybody we've talked to, it seems like so far, is that we all start at these young ages, obviously, like five or maybe even less than that in your case and my case. What is it that has kept you coming back constantly over and over and over to where you're now in your mid to late 20s still playing and pouring as much time into these games all these years later? Man, I mean, it definitely began in one place, and I think it's definitely ended in a completely, you know, whole new dimension of, like, why I play video games. But I remember just playing it because I wanted to bond with my dad, I remember playing as a kid, being able to play those games together, you know, that was like, that was my jam. I remember, I think I played like GoldenEye with my dad and I played um, Mario Kart and uh, Warlords, which is, is it Warlords or is it War of God? There's a fighting game with gods. I have to look that up, but I just remember (laughs) playing it like over and over and over again. And uh, from there, from, you know, having a bonding experience with my, my dad, I think that, Later in my like teens, 
it was a bonding experience with friends that I met mm-hmm. at a certain point. I played, um, I remember going to a comic book store when I was like 12 or 13 and in the back they had a TV and the TV, the owner was playing Halo and I'm like, this game looks awesome. <laughs> and then I, and then I remember like, I think a couple days later or whatever, they had a tournament and that's where my gamer tag was born because I was like, I'm going to play. And I'm like this 12-year-old upstart with all these adults and teenagers. <laughs> and my gamer tag, I, um, everyone had cool names like, you know, like the Hired Gun or Lord Darth Beast. Was it the or, Halo, like, uh, auto names they gave you or whatever back then? You know no. what I'm talking about? Yeah, where, like, yeah. Like you'd, no, like, sign into multiplayer and you'd just be like, I can't remember I, any of them from back then. I I know, but I remember like those. At least they would have been better than what I actually ended up choosing. But like, I got jealous of a guy because his name was like Incognito, and I'm like, that's cool. And I'm like, all right, my name is. And then I look to the ground, and there was a napkin, and it was a Dunkin' Donuts napkin. My name is Dunkin' D. And then of course Dunkin the rest D. of, the, yeah. So the course of the rest of the games, every time they killed me, is <laughs> like, oh, Dunkin' D's nuts in your face so it was bad for you were ahead of the d's nuts curve i was know, like I was. the what two or three years ago whatever that was yeah exactly <laughs> insert clip <laughs> uh yeah but uh that became my love affair with games and competitive games and then halo xbox live came out and then i was playing crimson skies i was playing like splinter cell every night halo 2 like that definitely was like, oh, now I get the bond with my friends. And I think now in my later years, games really ultimately mean um, not only nostalgia from those older times, but I think also the fact that they've gotten so cinematic. And I'm a very visual movie pr- – like I love movies. Movies is probably my number one passion. Mm-hmm. But lately, but lately, video games have to me have either reached up to the potential or crossed over it, especially with Naughty Dog games or, you know, uh, like I said, I love Halo and I thought Halo was a blast. You know, I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan and a lot of that goes in those, you know, in that kind of tone. So uh, I think it just caught up to the fact that it just was always a part of what I loved. My friends, movies, the cinematic experience, and then being able to enact your, you know, your deepest desires, right? So I think... That's pretty much why I still play video games. And, like, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts now. And it's because it's the nostalgia for being a kid. But it's also fun. I think I'm about to start Dream Drop Distance. Maybe oh, no. I hear, it's the, I hear it's the worst. And I'm, I want to go back and play it. But... We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the relationship thing is really something throughout the course of these interviews that I – I mean, I think it – there's a couple other people have brought up that, but I haven't really thought about it either. Cause I kind of got into gaming as well because of my dad, like the Genesis was his and he had gotten that before I was ever even born. Like, so he was a bunch of my touchstones and roots for the things that I, the reason why I like specific things, whether it be wrestling or sports or video yeah. games or comic books all stem from him introducing me to those things. So it's like, and I forget that sometimes, but it really does come back to my dad as well. Um, So I'm curious to know, you've obviously put a lot of time into gaming as well as many others who have come and talked with us. Um, Do you regret the amount of time you've put into games in any way? I, the only game that I regret how much time that I put into it because of how ungodly the the actual effort was, was, uh, do you remember Gears of War and they had the seriously yes. achievement? Yes. So that achievement was glitched. 
on and the first one? The first one. So it was uh, like, what, kill 10,000 people, right? But I think it was, it was kill multiplayer only. But it was multiplayer only. And then in the next yes. game, it was like 100,000, but I think yes. it worked within the campaign as well. It did. It did. It did. But I physically had to kill 10,000 you know, online players. <laughs> but, of course, when you reach that amount, sometimes it just didn't count some of the kills that you actually do. And so you have to overestimate. And actually a lot of the achievements in that game, you had to overestimate what you did. Like I still have one achievement left in that game that I cannot get done because the achievement is glitched. It's the, uh, this is annex. I know it by heart. It's this is annex achievement. You have to play like a certain amount of annex levels. And for some goddamn reason, I can't cheese it. It's impossible. And, uh, (laughs) I'll never have a 100% on the original Gears, but I have every other achievement. I even have Seriously, because it took so long. Yeah. But that's the one achievement where I keep thinking back, and it's like, it's my... Um, it's your white uh, whale. It's my white whale, you know? I'm like, God, it's my road butt. But yeah, <laughs> it's just the one that just drives me nuts. So just Gears would be the only thing you've ever... That I can totally regret, that I think regretting. But I don't regret playing, uh, you know, hours and hours of Splinter Cell. I played a ton of hours of... Um, I want to say it's Tetris Evolution for the original Xbox. Oh, jeez. Because yeah. of voice chat. It's the first introduction of voice chat and voice modulators. And I would talk to people and girls, and it was it was awesome. Hi, want to see my Tetris skills? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was you know that was fun. But other than regrets for something that's like about games, just the amount of effort I put <laughs> to try 100% gears. But um, yeah. Do you so last question for you. Um you in video games moving forward then. Do you think it's always going to be uh something that's a part of your life for better or worse? Do you ever see a day where you're really not playing games anymore? How do you feel about them moving forward, I guess? I feel like going forward, I mean, growing up, I feel like I was always privileged with the fact that I grew up where there were multiple systems at the time and my dad had them. So mm-hmm. I got to play a lot of different variations. You know, I got to play like Aladdin on the Genesis or, you know, like I said, Kung Fu on the NES, uh, Dragoon on Saturn, Power Stone 2 on Dreamcast. But like, and I decided to go all out this generation because the last generation I pretty much was Xbox only. Because after the PS2, my, my PS2 broke, and so I never came back to PlayStation. But it wasn't until, like, PS4 came out, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this. So I got every system now. I have the Switch. I have uh, PS4 and Xbox. The next generation, I'm probably not going to do that because that's a, it's kind of a commitment. And a lot of games yeah. I'm just backlogging and collecting for no reason. I bought a Lego game for no reason. I have two Lego games in my backlog. Why? Because I, I like I like the Lego games. I did as well. My digital libraries and my physical ones are backed up like crazy. Like yeah, I don't know why I do it. They're like almost in the hundreds, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this generation with the free games is driving me nuts. Yeah, so and I think that was like coincided with the, my question about like, do you regret the amount of time you've put into games too? Because like, it is that commitment it's all and i mean for people like myself who are like trying to make it in the industry whatever you want to refer to that as like i feel like i need to put in that time i i want to like i am addicted to video games for like like i will admit that but at the same time i'm like trying to find an investment on my time that i put into them and more often than not there's not sometimes it's it's hard to own all the platforms and 
keep up with everything. Like I, if I like Max isn't here, but like he's getting married and he's moving out soon and he's getting his own apartment and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't know how you would do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, Especially, I, like he, he got the collector's editions of Persona and like Zelda recently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard. So, so yeah. next generation PS5, Xbox two, and, uh, I don't know what switch technically the, the mini switch or switch mini i don't know is switch technically next gen like what, I, where I are mean, we at with that i hope there's a hardware update that's you know has street pass that's all i wanted for switch was street I know, pass. but it is it, it would it have been the wii 360 and ps3 and then it would have been the wii u xbox one and technically PS4, yeah but... now switch is ahead but the technology is also worse than everything else that's in the current <laughs> systems I don't know. Yeah, but they somehow make it work on that handheld. I swear, man. I think like I love I love Breath of the Wild. I still think it might be my favorite game this year. I spent the most time in it, yeah. and it did so much with so little that the actual console can produce. So I was mm-hmm. like, I I really like this you know system. I think obviously going forward, like the only system I regret buying only because I was a loyalist was how Xbox served me well from the first one to 360, and now Xbox One now. But if I had to pick, if I had a Sophie's Choice or I had a you know Mary Buff kill. I probably would not have picked an Xbox this generation. I only picked it purely out of Halo love and, you know, legacy. But uh-huh. I probably would have went straight PlayStation if the Switch was not an existing thing. No, I'm, I I agree with you. Like, I pre-ordered a, an Xbox One the day they went live because yeah. I was a 360 guy last gen, too. And, uh, yeah. Sports, I, uh, sports, TV, sports, TV, sports. You yeah. saw all that. I still bought a PlayStation 4 on day one, too, but... That was a dumb moment in my life where I have a ton of money to blow. Um, anyway, Mario, thank you so much for coming on Millennial Gaming Speak. Finally, we got oh, you on here for God. episode 100. Uh, like I said, we'll get you back on here again soon. It's not like no, we don't bad. talk Just... to you regularly or anything like that. Uh, I know. Just congratulations to you both because the 100, ish- 100 issues, 100 uh, <laughs> episodes – is a lot, man. That's a lot of hourly content that you guys do. And sometimes you do multiple hours. Yeah. You know, so, you know, congrats to a hundred more. Thank you, dude. I will pass on the message to Max unless he listens to this. He should listen to this. I'll tell him. You should. Anyway, yeah. Thanks, Mario. Thank you so much for dropping by. Yeah. Take care, man. Hey everyone, we're back with episode 100, and joining us now is Alex O'Neill from Irrational Passions. Hi, Alex. Hi. <laughs> Just a quick hi this week. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Hanging in there. Fine and dandy is the word I would use. Good. That, that's Those multiple words. Those are multiple words. So yeah, <laughs> fine and dandy it is. Thanks like, for coming uh, on, dude. Such short yeah. notice. And I'm cutting yeah. off Max. We're stepping all over each other, I feel like, in these interviews, Max, because we, like, don't have, like, a script. We have questions. Beautiful mess. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just let you take me by the hand on this one. There's no list. There's no Google Doc. This is the Wild West of podcasts right now. <laughs> it's the Wild West of podcasts just, for Max. Just keep it real. Like, that's that's. it just means it's real to us. It's real to me, goddammit. <laughs> that's still, like, one of the best YouTube videos. There's been millions and, yeah. I think, billions of YouTube videos at this point. That one's maybe still top five. And I don't know what video you're talking about. Because it has to do with wrestling, Max. That's yeah. why you don't know what it is. That, that would explain everything. 
I mean, I, I don't know anything about wrestling, but I know that video. I'm just saying Step Up, Max. It's just... <laughs> Step Up's a movie that has Channy Tatum in it, and they dance. <laughs> I forgot that was even a thing. <laughs> Alex. Right, episode 100. Deep cuts. You're back. Logan. On the show. You've episode 100. Woo. Woo. Yeah. yeah. 100. We did it, sort of. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we've a, been third, a third of IP. A third yeah. of IP. Yeah, wait. What are you guys at now? 334. Three, yeah, third. Oh, big number. We'll catch up yeah. someday. Maybe. Probably not. Actually, that's not how, like, that's not how podcasting <laughs> works. You don't, you're always going to be 230 behind, but, you know, it's fine. But if you take a break for 230-something episodes. All right. Yeah, keep dreaming. Oh, darn it. <laughs> Alex, we've been bringing everybody on to talk about their origin story with video games, how they got mm-hmm. into them, all that good stuff. Uh, so starting with you, same question we've been giving everybody else. Uh, how did you get into games? What was kind of your first game that brought you in, and how did you first start to learn about the medium that we all love so much? Um, so my parents were... They were into video games. They 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 were like in. They're kind of nerds, right? They still are. My dad is for sure. Um, they had like a video rental store, so they. Uh, what is that relic of the past? I know. Yeah, they had their own video rental store though, so like it was their own brand. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's called a uh, Video Magic. Uh, people on the East Coast might know it. Um, <laughs> out there, I I don't know, but uh, they had like a few franchises up the East Coast. Um. So, like, they, it was videos, DVDs, and video games, obviously. Um, So, like, that was, like, they had already played video games. They had gone to, like, CES um, when it was, when E3 was part of CES and and things like that. So, they, like, they had stayed in tune with that. So, they loved video games or, like, they at least liked them and played them. Um, And then, you know, obviously, I had two older brothers. uh, Well, not obviously, but I did have two older brothers. And they were into video games. So obviously, like that kind of came down on me as well. Like uh, one of the first games I remember, like consciously playing, was Pokemon Blue, um, mm-hmm. and it was my brother's copy. Like one of my brothers had Pokemon Red, the other had Pokemon Blue, um, and you and were I, like, stuck with nothing. And I was stuck with nothing because I was the youngest of three. Um, so like I just deleted my brother's save file on Pokemon Blue and just went into it. It's not like he was very far in, (laughs) but after that point, I was not allowed to play Pokemon Blue anymore. Um, I have, like, really vague memories of, like, watching my dad play, like, Mario 1, like, Super Mario Brothers and and Legend of Zelda on the NES. But I never even, like, played with our NES. Like, I think we had, like, sold it or, uh, like, sold it, like, put it in the video store, like, for people to, like, I think they they were, like, renting consoles or something at some point. Um, some people were doing that. Um, so like, I don't have conscious memories of having a Nintendo entertainment system, but the super Nintendo, like that was the one I kind of came in on. And, um, weirdly enough, like the biggest thing on super Nintendo that I like remember starting playing was the game boy and game boy color cartridge adapter for the super Nintendo, the super Uh, game boy, the super game boy. Yeah. Um, so I was playing like game boy games on the super NES um, so that was like really where I came in on the ground floor, like Super Metroid, uh, Link to the Past, and uh, Mario World were were like my big entryways, and Mario All Stars, which is the bomb. It is really they should have included <laughs> Mario All Stars on the SNES Mini. Yeah, I agree. But when somebody this up. you yeah you do you got to go buy an NES Classic to get those games. 
Yeah. Highway robbery. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something, but highway robbery is probably off the list. It's probably just like irresponsible marketing. But you know, it's Nintendo. Highway. Nintendo. Par it's, for Nintendo. The, it's almost par for the course at this point, which is weird. Um, is that a Mario Golf reference? That was a Mario Golf reference. Toadstool Tour specifically. Um, so I guess, so you grew up around them in that atmosphere. What was it that really, I mean, you're at this point, again, you've had your own podcast for 330 episodes. You're trying to break into the industry similar to Max and myself. How did you really, when did you know that games were going to be a constant part of your life like that? And what is it, I guess, about video games as a whole that like keeps you coming back time and time again to that specific medium? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Max and I relate on this. The game that changed the game was Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, and it, which is like a super weird thing to choose from, but like that was like it, it, the, there being daily updates for that game, like awakened some kind of spirit within me. Um, <laughs> that would awake it, it awakened a lot of things within me. <laughs> absolutely. A subspace emissary within me. Uh, <laughs> and like that was the first game where I was like staying up till 2 a.m., which uh, converted to 4 p.m. Japanese Standard Time uh, when the updates would go live on SmashBros.com, the Smash Bros. Dojo uh, in my freshman year of high school. Um, yeah. I miss like, the dojo. I know, man. It's very oh. nostalgic memories. I want them of- to bring the dojo back for the next Smash. Did you, you guys talked about this on Behind the Pixel, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, insert, I'll insert my two cents with it real quick to mm-hmm. cut you off, even though you're the guest on this one. I, wa- I followed it the same way, and I still remember every single day of seventh grade going into my 10 a.m. social studies class with Mr. Silval. My friend would come okay. up to me, and he would say, did you see the update today? And I'd say, no. Yeah. And he'd immediately get out his phone or describe it to me because i don't know if we had smartphones at that point we might have still been playing with razors or been, something like that i was 2008 so he would have to describe it to me and then i would have to wait until later that afternoon my computer class to go look it up for myself and be like oh cool pokemon the, the freaking this pokemon, pokemon is coming to the, the game yeah. now or they just announced this new character or something like that and i yeah th- dude i like the the night that Sonic was announced, I remember. So like, um, my second period in high school was algebra, which I sat next to my one of my best friends, Scott Guthier, who is who would then go on to be one of my hosts on Rational, one of my co-hosts on Rational Passions podcast. Um, and the night that Sonic was announced, I was like, "There's no way Scott's gonna believe me on this." So I like in my algebra notebook, I wrote down like all the details of the announcement because <laughs> I didn't have a smartphone <laughs> either. So then I. I uh I sit down next to him I'm like you know let me fucking because I would stay up till two a.m. because I'm a reckless fool and he wouldn't because he's a responsible uh, student uh, and uh, I would like we would talk about it in the morning and everything um, so like that was like kind of where that interaction with Scott specifically started to which would like then go on to evolve into what IP would be and everything so like that was like a big part because I was just like so passionately involved right like. The Wii was really kind of like the start for me because like it was the first console like I saved up my own money to buy, traded in my GameCube for it. Uh, like I, I went out of my way to, to kind of get in there and, and like have this be like something that I like felt like I owned. 
Um, and like I had like been staying up to date on Twilight Princess, which was like a launch game for that, playing that and everything. Um, and then when like a year later, when Smash Brothers was happening, or a year and a half or so, like it was just me kind of like getting in the the cycle of always checking updates. And then like after like there was no Smash Brothers update, like that hunger for like video game news was still there. Yeah. And like that just carried off into other genres. And then like I started as I got older and turned seventeen, like. I was like, okay, I can buy M-rated games now. Like, and I had already like started trickling into the M-rated stuff like a little bit before, um, and then like illegal, you know, Ill- illegally, um, <laughs> as a very impressionable child, um, and then it it, it kind of went from there, and I, it, yeah, at some point I was just like checking IGN every day or, yeah. or you know what have you, Giant Bomb, and and kind of like. The first video games podcast I listened to was Show Me Your News. And then after Smash Brothers came out, um, I would like then be like, I, I want to listen to other video game podcasts um, because like I want to like I just want to hear like I didn't know I was missing this until I realized how good it was yeah. to have. Um, and then, you know, start with Beyond and start with the IGN podcast, because when you search video games on the podcast section of iTunes, those are the things that come up first. That video game podcast, Drunken Gamers Radio and the Giant Bombcast were kind of like my first three. And like even from there, like from uh, Drunken Gamers Radio, which is unfortunately no longer around, it's a fantastic show. Even if you go back and listen to old episodes, I, I recommend it. it's super, just super funny. Actually, there's an episode that, of that that I called into as like a impressionable 16 year old child. Um <laughs> And, um, like, they would mention, oh, like, interactive distractions and gamers only older, which would then bring me to a website called VGEvo.com, which would be where I kind of launched Irrational Passions. Uh, so, like, it all kind of was a, a snowball effect after that point. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, not to, we're trying not to get too off base. It's all here. thanks to Sakurai. Yeah, all thanks to Sakurai. What I'm saying is Kirby changed everything, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> oh, believe me, Sakurai knows he invented Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that period of time was really where I felt like the online side of games media really started taking off. Because up until that point, it was more like, oh, I'm gonna go out to my mailbox. Oh shoot, Game Informer, Game Pro, EGM came today. Let's see. Oh shoot, I forgot they went to E3 or something like that. It was either that or it was X Play for me specifically like that's where i got everything so yeah then it got into the more online stuff and now we're i think kind of more where which, we're at today which makes sense because like you think about it, like giant bomb launched in 2008 and that was the first video first video game website as far as i can mm-hmm. tell right like it completely just video games and they're like they're one of few video game websites that are still just video games too like i mean obviously they have their premium shows that are kind of branching off into other weird stuff like wrestling but for the most part like <laughs> On that vid- on that website, you go there and it's video games, and mm-hmm. they're not doing like entertainment or anything. And like that was like when video was becoming way more important, and live streaming was like going to start soon after that. So, yeah. So we've been asking everybody this question. I'm always interested to see everybody's different responses. You think you'll ever regret the amount of time you've put into playing video games? No, no, no hesitation. No hesitation. I love it. Not not at all. Like, and like the, the the big thing is, initially video games. Like, I was like, oh, I want to get into this because I like video games, right? Um, and then like 
that cha- like that changes, right? When I was 17, I liked writing and I liked video games, but I like video games way more than I like writing. When I'm 24 now, like I like writing way more than I like video games, but I still really like video games. Um, and like over that period that like IP has existed, like my perspective has changed so much. Like I've experienced things in a video game that I've never felt or seen anywhere else. Um, and it, it all culminates, right? Like those games, uh, that I played when I was younger gave me this tactile appreciation. And these games that I play when I'm older, give me this emotional appreciation. And I couldn't, I don't feel like I could have the same resonance now unless I had what I had before. Uh, so all this time that I've spent playing video games, which is a considerable amount, like it, it builds on itself. It, it's not like I'm, it's building <laughs> to nothing. It's, it, it's, it's going somewhere and every experience gets better and, and everything gets deeper and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like, it's amazing to be able to remember what it feels like to play hours and hours of a super Mario world or a link to the past. And then to do the same, like hours and hundred plus hours into breath of the wild this year and see like this wouldn't exist without the other like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it can't exist Building without blocks. the other and not only that like i got to feel what what this was before it was this when it was like still new and like that's like there's there's like a tactile history in me like in my experience and like that is amazing and you can't take that away from someone and i absolutely do not regret that that's a good way of putting it. Um, so what kind of role do you see games playing moving forward for you? Uh, obviously, like you said, you're trying to break into the industry like I think many of us are. You and I talked about yeah. that on our podcast we did, I think, when Max was gone that one time. Uh, but like, When he first replaced me. Yeah, when he first replaced <laughs> me. We've, done our, we've each done a solo show with him now at this point, Max. So this is the reunion podcast hey, yeah, share me. segment. <laughs> this is actually, actually, yeah, this is the first time all three of us have talked. Ever. It is, actually. Ever. Unless it yeah. was Twitter mentions or something like that. Uh, what kind of role do you see games playing moving forward for you? And, like, do you think the, that'll always be, like, a pillar of your life, you playing games? You ever, you ever see that going away in the future? No. Like... You know, like I've thought about it when you're um, <laughs> this is this is a little tangential, but I think it'll give people perspective. Like uh, <laughs> when I was at kind of funny live three, I was talking to a friend and I made like a joke that was like really, really dark. <laughs> uh, and he's like, are you OK? Like, why would you make that joke? <laughs> and I said, this is what happens when you try and get in the video games industry for seven years and you're not there yet, uh, <laughs> which is like. A really like not funny thing, but I think it's hilarious because people get it. Like people out there get it. You you guys probably get it. Yeah, um, I get it. <laughs> because it is like just it's one of like the most demoralizing things out there. And you you learn to kind of like. I saw another thing that was just like someone else's success is not your failure, and I've been trying to take that kind of idea to heart more uh, recently. Um, but like it is taxing and it makes you want to quit. Like it pushes you away yeah. way, way more than I think a lot of other things. I mean, like as much as like trying to become an actor or something like that, I like, I think it is comparable because you have to have a level of talent and charisma that is not easy to come by. Um, so like I've, I've definitely considered 
like, man, I am done and I don't I do not want to get into this industry anymore. But like even in that moment, in that mindset, I've never wanted to stop playing video games. Like if that were to happen, I would absolutely keep playing video games and that would still be my major pastime. And I would still commit hours and hours of it to to a week. So because like I just get so much enjoyment out of it. And it's like something that I can't wait to share with other people, like sharing things recently has been some of like sharing any kind of media like I like a Roger McCorney a YouTuber out there like I listened to all of Hamilton with him like his first time listening through it and I got oh to gosh. just share that with him that uh, amazing it was um, and like we he was here at, at like where I live he was staying over for a few days and every time we were in the car we would like just listen to the next track that came up for Hamilton um and just over the weekend we finished it together and it was like oh i got to share this media with you and like that's like such a valuable memory to me and like the idea of being able to share the games i grew up on with like you know maybe my kids someday or a significant other someday yeah and like be able to like if they had to experience it like be able to share that with them or just to like re-experience it with them in general is like that that sounds incredibly important and valuable and i think like that's like sharing a like I said, like that experience is part of me. It's like sharing part of me with them. So I think I will always play video games, even if like at some point in the future, I don't play new video games. I just play these old ones over and over again. Like you just play persona four and five for the rest of your life. Yeah. And three hell man, I'll play them all. Uh, <laughs> so like the, the idea of being able to, to share that with new people in my life going forward is always, always going to be in front of me. I think. That's why I said you saved the best for last. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Logan's just like nodding his head. Like, I mean, I again, I we're, we're trying to keep these more. Well, Alex, just to put Mario Kart in his hands, and it'll it'll all change. I'm trying to yeah. keep these segments much more like let the guests speak <laughs> rather than rebut because like I, I I have plenty of things I'd like to say in rebuttal, but maybe we can talk about it off the air. Alex O'Neill, well, ladies and gentlemen, rebuttal. Do you disagree? No, no. I just, but it'd be a very long tangent where I'm agreeing with you, and we'd probably lead into something else. Okay, <laughs> but well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you, dude. Uh, cool. Long and the short of it. Uh, seriously, thank you so much for coming on, especially such short yeah. notice. Again, I know I said that, but I literally hit you up what a couple hours ago. Or something like that. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. I I adore you guys. So it's it's Alex. Alex out. cannot stop podcasting. It's yeah, okay. It's, it's in my blood. This is our. I think version the microphone is the... attached to his body. Yeah. <laughs> this is our version of the game of the year, except the segments are forty five minutes shorter. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that later this year for once. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter is the best best place to do it because I just I'm tweeting all the time at Alfighter27, which spells just like it sounds. Um, and if you want to listen to the podcast that I do every week with with my friends, uh, Irrational Passions podcast is what it's called. You can find it on IrrationalPassions.com, of which I am the editor and help people post a bunch of really cool stuff there. So go check it out. You guys find some great stuff posting lately. Logan's been putting in some work. Other Logan, why are you Wilkinson. bragging about yourself? Other Logan. Uh, uh, yeah, Logan Wilkinson is fantastic. And like, there's a new project coming out. I don't know when, presu- hopefully next <laughs> week, but there's a new thing coming soon that is very exciting. So, yeah, stay tuned to there. Looking forward to it, dude. You guys are all doing great stuff over there. Uh, so, yeah, find Alex there on the internet, and uh, we'll get you back on soon. Or we'll get, we'll get Max on IP because I want to hear how he yes. does. 
Just yeah. get him. Just get him a little drunk, and he can uh, he, he can ride it out pretty well, as we discovered yeah. the I other do, I do have tequila back there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you want to do a special episode, Alex? We'll talk Metroid. We'll talk Hamilton, and we'll drink. All right, done. All right, you guys can enjoy that episode in the future. Keep an yeah. keep an eye out for it. And until then, let's move on to our next guest. We now welcome back onto the show, Peter Spasia. Peter, thank you so much for joining us for episode 100. It's a pleasure to have you here. Logan, Max, thank you for having me. Of course. I, I don't think I could do a 100th episode of a podcast and not invite you on, since you're kind of the reason I podcast, which we've <laughs> talked about in the past. So yep, I, yep. I think it would be wrong if I didn't, we didn't invite you on the show. Well, congrats on the triple digits. It's always a, a big accomplishment. I know for... My podcast that made it that far, my goal was to kind of give a primer for people who had never listened before. So I had done like one minute segments of each and every episode. It's kind of like wrapping up like what the premise of each episode that don't do that. Like that's a <laughs> bad idea. It's one to listen to, but it took months of work. It was, it was ridiculous. But I, I'm honored to be, you know, one of the people last on. Thank you again. Yeah, no problem. You're one of our more frequent guests i don't know you've been on two or three times at this point a few times we've tried to have all of our recurring guests come back on the show but uh so for episode 100 we're having all these people on here peter to talk about their histories with games because we've like i said we've had a lot of people on the show time and time again over the course of the 100 episodes but we're curious to hear about each individual person's own story with games so peter uh, you're a bit older than us, so I'm curious to hear kind of what your story is with games. How did you first start getting into video games? How were you first exposed to them? Uh, what were your first earliest earliest memories like with gaming? Well, it's a really interesting idea because, of course, you know everyone does have that, that different sort of experience. Whether it's you know different family members introduce them or uh, when they first come across games. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I'm a bit older. I'm pushing thirty. Not there yet, but I'm getting there as of as of this recording. And so, yeah, when I was when I was born and growing up and all that, my parents were definitely the type of focus on your grades. Don't worry about you know th- this game stuff. It's going to take up too much of your time. Your grades come first. And so, didn't, you know, didn't I, they I did, know C's get degrees <laughs> in the end? Right. Yeah. Uh, I kind of figured that out in college. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because like I was, I was ridiculous growing up. It was one of those like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but it was like you know through the elementary, middle, high school, like you know, one of those you know smartest kid, top of the class kind of things. And, and then video games happened. <laughs> uh, not not to you know bring down video games, but like you know, it's it's a, an amazing hobby to have, and it's just I I do wish I discovered it sooner. So growing up, uh, my first video game like console experience was sonic the hedgehog 2 all right on sega genesis uh but this was not in 1992 i think was the year it was released because 91 was the first sonic but it wasn't you know that early i this would have to be 95 96 like this is a few years into uh you know the the sega genesis and uh, and you know sonic history really mm-hmm. Uh, and this is because I discovered it when I was at my cousin's house, aunts and uncles, for Thanksgiving. 
So every holiday when the family would come together and yeah, people would gather upstairs and watch football. And I, I, I do like sports as well, but yeah, I found a, a fascination with downstairs. They had the, the video game systems, an old Sega Genesis. And so my brother and I would play Sonic 2, especially the multiplayer. Uh, <laughs> and like, that would always be you know, the, the real, real interest there. When it came to having my first game system, uh, that would have been a Game Boy Color. And that was, I want to say, end of 1998, maybe early 1999, something like that. And that was because of uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. Now, Pokemon at the time was big with the anime, big in you know, schools. I was in fifth grade at the time. So, yeah, still still pretty young. But, you know, for for my first, you know, owned game experience i mean i, I played you know like pc games uh, on the computer i mean who didn't whether it was <laughs> math blaster or things like legend uh, journey of the zumbinis or these these really <laughs> educational i mean uh, was lemmings uh, you know, old, old games like that i mean even if it's nhl 99 on pc i, you know, I have a, a fondness for sports games but as far as you know a game handheld or a game console a game boy color with pokemon and that's because when I was in fifth grade, when you know the games came out, you know Ash Ketchum in the show was ten years old, and I was ten years old, and it struck at that perfect time. So you know, Pokemon Blue was my game of choice. Um, brother got Red, and like there was there's the fondness there on out. Uh, first console that we owned was a Nintendo GameCube. Okay, uh, that was in December of two thousand three, and we had to make this big pitch to you know get our parents on board with the idea of having a game console that wouldn't distract us even because even when we had our game boys there were egg timers or you know timers oh. on the oven 45 <laughs> minutes so like you're killing me mom and dad like there's only <laughs> so many games i can experience after pokemon blue it, it moved to uh to silver and to crystal and then it was a uh, legend of zelda oracle of ages as my first zelda game so, you know, you experience Game Boy Color, and it only goes so far. Uh, my brother got the Game Boy Advance in 2001, so like that continued there. But uh, I was not in a house that grew up with an NES and not with a Super Nintendo. And now all these classic systems come out, and there isn't that nostalgic connection for me, right? Uh, I had played, you know, on friends' Nintendo 64s. So, you know, you discover things like Super Smash Brothers and... Uh, games of that sort, a lot of multiplayer that really excelled with uh, Nintendo 64. But even then, it's not like I don't have fond memories of oh, Knights with Golden Eye and things like that. <laughs> that wasn't yeah, that wasn't my history. So for GameCube, it was Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have fond memories of Star Fox Assault uh, being one that you know, I went into, and of course the sports games. I mean, I'd, I want to say I got a, you know at least NCAA 2005. I, in 06, I definitely dipped in on Madden NBA Live. Yeah, uh, just you. You remember those different you know cover athletes? It was Donovan McNabb. It was Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade that year. Like it's you know sort of certain things like that. <laughs> um, and then I hit college, and of course, when you hit college and you go away to school, you are a little more free to do whatever you no, want. No, no egg timers. No egg timers, uh, no no parents over the shoulder. I mean, I will say in high school when we had the GameCube, it was great, of course, to have friends over to play Melee, right? Like that's that's like one of the, the big fond memories of high school. Uh, but you know, in in college, my freshman year, 
Uh, I started school in the fall of 2006 at the University of Michigan. Fall 2006 is a pretty big year in, in game history. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the year of PlayStation 3. And on our dorm floor, Nintendo Wii was the rage. Uh, I remember, you know, doing an eBay auction and paying more than I care to remember. I want to say I paid almost $400 for a Wii to wow. get it within the first couple weeks because I didn't have a pre-order. And again, like, at the beginning of school, like, this is, like, I'm, I'm not tuned into E3s and up-to-date game news. I knew Wii was going to be a thing. Friends were talking about it. Uh, you know, I was very excited for for Brawl because it was what, E3 2006 that Brawl was, had that, had that trailer with Snake and you know, everyone was excited about that so I was aware that you know, Wii was going to be a thing but that I mean, it was you know, June, July 06 so limited time there yeah. pay too much for a Wii have a Wii <laughs> uh, and then I, I start podcasting in J- July of 2007 so that was my sophomore year uh, or you know, transition freshman to sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that really got me invested in the hype culture for Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, if people remember the show, show me your news. I mean, that was yesterday as of we're recording. That's the tenth anniversary of. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. So, uh, the thought that I've been podcasting for ten years is is pretty crazy. Just think, you know, all the hours and hours talking to a microphone and people across the country and across the world it's it's wild uh but really getting invested in games in that way and starting with super smash brothers brawl and going from there to talk about really getting invested in game news because i mean the first episode of the show was talking about pre e3 2007 and the the word on the street was they're going to talk about a release date for super smash brothers brawl and we were all excited about that. Going to episode two, which was the next week. That was the December 3rd, for those that remember. You know, not next year, not next spring. I can t- today say, you know, December 3rd. So, like, that was kind of my entry point into getting in tune with what's happening in the game industry. From there, it developed into, you know, broadening my range of games mm-hmm. played. And, like, you gotta remember, like, with my limited exposure growing up, I mean, I have years and years of gaming history. And we're talking about my gaming history. There's years of what has happened, what have happened in the past, classic games, you know, games that are coming out just now, you know, not to mention old consoles, all of this that I have to learn. And so I became hooked and I, I crammed in just, you know, free time, you know, during you know, college and, and classes and all that. I'm, I'm learning so much. I get an Xbox 360 in 2008 uh, it took me until 2011, I want to say, you know, sh- you know, a few weeks after the uh, the big PSN crash to to finally get a, a PS. <laughs> uh, and then you know it's it's been you know backlogs until then. I mean, picking up a, an old PS2 and filling that with classics. I mean, going to a a thrift store, getting an N64 to get cartridges there. Uh, you know, I didn't even wasn't even on ground level with DS because that was what 2004, I want to say five. That you know that came out. Yeah. I didn't get a DS Sounds until right. I didn't get a DS until it was a DS Lite in 2007. Mm-hmm. It was um, wasn't it pink? It was, it was pink. It was pink. I that remember was that. The only one that was available. But I wanted to play Pokemon Pearl. I wanted to play Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's really interesting 
and I, I'm sorry, I've been talking for quite. No, some you're time fine. Here. It's a it's a course of habit over all the the podcasting, but it's that podcasting that really got me invested in you know the history of the games and things that I have to go into backlog to play. It's why I I don't have side scrolling platform skills. I didn't grow up on that. I mean, <laughs> Sonic, you go fast. You don't worry about technical jumps and, yeah. and the rhythm and pacing there. Uh, so, and you know, even when it's something like Final Fantasy VII, I just so so many classic games that people have so many fond memories for. And I'm sure people will be talking all about on this show. But my history is very different because you know, bless my parents, they they raised me very well. Uh, but I wish I got more into video games earlier. Uh-huh. And you know, it's it's opportunities like podcasting and learning about games and and talking about them that I'm. You know, now I've you know hosted a show for more than eight years. I still continue to podcast. I now have a show where I have people call in just to talk about games and it, taking like a sports call in talk radio formula, but applying it to talking about video games and having people call in and talk about their love of games and what's happening in the game industry. And I'd like to think I know quite a bit now, but I mean, all things considered, that's only a mass knowledge over 10 years and because it, it's, it's scattered before then so i mean yeah i mm-hmm. have lots of favorite franchises i mean so pokemon and zelda early come to mind uh there is an appreciation for sonic but you know games played since then i mean, I mean persona is definitely a big one mass effect is a big one uh you know there, there are all these these games that whether it was playing them as they came out over the last 10 years really or uh going back and developing an appreciation for them i mean it's. I'm not gonna say I, I love games more than anyone else. I think that that's foolish. I think we all <laughs> share a, an enjoyed passion for games. That's why we're, we're talking about it right now. But uh, I think my story is a little different in that uh, I was a bit restrained in experiencing them, and then once once college happened, the shackles came off. So. <laughs> Sorry. When it's, you oh, go I ahead. No, go ahead, Max. When you were talking about your presentation for GameCube, that takes me back. I made a presentation on why I should be able to... I made a lot of presentations on why I should play things like Zelda and Pokemon, but I remember Metal Gear Solid specifically. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think, actually, I was talking to you at one point, and I don't remember what for, but I, I was like, yeah, Mom, Mom and Dad won't let me get it because they're rated M, and you were like, it's all because of Eva. I, <laughs> I do remember you saying, I was like, who's Eva? No, I mean I'm I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I it took until college and making decisions for my own. Like, yeah, M-rated games would not have been an option in my house. And you know, Nintendo GameCube sure had a couple, but at that point it's not, you know, necessarily the games that I was interested with my limited experience. Uh Yeah. You know, if if I really enjoyed Star Fox Assault, I think that, you know, tells you enough. <laughs> You're not even playing Star I, Fox 64. Hey, I love Star Fox Assault, all right? It, Star it Fox was, Assault was it fun. It was GameCube Halo, man. Like that was <laughs> that was the shit. It's funny because like I said, you are a bit older than myself, but our when Max and myself will talk about our own histories here at the end of this show. But um Mine almost kind of lines up with yours because Sonic 2 was also one of my first games. So by the, when around when you were five, six, seven, first playing that game, I was probably two or three playing that game myself in my own house. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how that uh, lines up despite the it, age and it, and it took it took years and years to get over Chemical Plant Zone oh when that's your gosh. first game, and like oh that's why we played multiplayer <laughs> so much because you go into the single player. And you, if you don't get that water physics, I mean, that's a tough thing to throw at no. you in the second level. 
I remember you know, when I, I, I first you Emerald got, Hill like the back of my hand, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first got to the third level or whatever. I think I just like I was so exhausted because I had finally gotten past Chemical Plant that I just like shut the game off. I was like, I yeah. I'll just do with that. I don't even want to see what it lies after this. So, and of course, the drowning music and the sound effects. I mean, it's, that all—that's it's still in fuel. my head. Yeah, it's still locked in my brain. That's like uh, video game PTSD for me. Uh, I know you got to go in a couple of seconds, but we do have a couple other questions for you. So, uh, all these—what is it about games that keeps you coming back after all these years? Like, why are you so invested in this medium uh, compared to? Maybe other mediums. I, I would assume gaming is probably your preferred entertainment medium of choice, if I had to guess. What is it about games that keeps you coming back all these years later, where you want to keep investing time and keep going back and seeing new things uh, from them? Well, I think the first aspect, of course, is the agency. Uh, you know, taking control in that medium is a powerful, you know, aspect of games whether it's you know you're you're feeling like a hero or you're you're trying to change the tide of a big battle. Uh, you know, there, there are so many you know, elements there, uh, but I believe it's because games are still so new. Mm-hmm. I went to school. It was originally for like electrical engineering and I failed the hell out of that because I wanted to do uh, sound engineering, you know, audio recording, post-production there. The mm-hmm. skills eventually applied to uh, film editing, a video editing. So uh, I went to Michigan's film school. And so I have an appreciation for the cinema but that's still a medium that's you know over 100 years old. Games are what now you know nearing 50 yeah. years old, something like that. So there's still so much to be done. If you just look in the last 10 years alone and the big jumps there, uh, whether it's with the graphics, whether it's with the AI, things like that, the the medium is growing and expanding. I mean, the definition of what games are is so vast. I mean, films you can have you know some art films and they they serve their purpose, but you know, this narrative in film can sometimes get a little tiresome. Whether it's, you know, now with games, you have a, a broad array of what a game can be. Uh, mm-hmm. So many genres. And I think it's it's that diversity of experiences that really keeps me coming back. I mean, if I want to play a sports game, I can play a sports game. If I want to, you know, go explore the world of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, like I, I just finished actually today, uh, I can I can go do that. Or if it's like a puzzle game, if I want to go throw back and say, you know, Pokemon Puzzle League, you know, that's that's a totally different experience altogether. So, uh, you know, games and the interactivity, but it's it's mostly the diversity and where games can go from here because of their infancy in the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird thing to think about how young the industry still is, but yeah, I mean, it's only really been around in its current form for. 40 to 50 years. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where we're at uh, 10 years from now. Cause like you said, oh, 10 yeah. years ago, we were what just if the we the we had just come out. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, VR is starting now. I, I want to yeah. see what happens with VR more than just for games. I mean, you know, media experiences as a whole, I, I like to think of if, you know, there's going to be like a, a live event, whether it's like a boxing match or a concert and you put different cameras that you can jump to and experience that happening live in VR. I like that's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. So last question for you, because um, we'll we'll cut it a bit short because I know you got to get going. Um, but do you think you think you'll always play games? Is that always going to be a big tentpole of your life moving forward in some way? Uh, like I said, you're a bit older than us, so you've got a career line. <laughs> you've got a career. You've got a family at this point as well. So I'm sure it might be a little bit harder for you to play games as it is now compared to maybe Max and myself. But uh, where do you see yourself going forward with? 
gaming. Well, yeah, now my wife and I are we're starting the the process of searching for a house of our own. So like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's you know big life changes, uh, but it's a good thing that my wife plays games, right? So mm-hmm. you know, we, we're both passionate about it. Uh, I obviously am passionate enough to talk about it every week when I can, uh, but. You know, we still will we'll always play games, whether it's, you know, playing multiplayer games together or we even, you know, talk about, hey, let's let's envision what we can do for the house. We're going to have, you know, like a, a kind of room where we have two setups, right? So we can play the same game if we want to. We can play different games side by side. We can always watch what we're playing. Like, yeah, that's that sounds like a great idea. That's going a really forward. good so, idea. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, kind of a way to, to bond not only with others and the people and that I've met and the friends that I've made. Uh, but you know, in also in you know my home life, my personal life. So I don't, I'm not going to be escaping games anytime soon, and I'm, I'm very happy for that. Definitely helps when you have married someone who's into it just as much as you <laughs> yep, are. Yeah. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for coming on episode 100 and sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to tell everybody where you can be found at on the internet and talk about. Uh, your podcast as well, then feel free to plug. Sure, real quick. sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's a, a big honor. I know you like to try to do, do it big for episode 100. It is a big deal, and to to be asked on that's that's a big honor. So I really thank you for no that. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Peter J Spezia. That's S P E Z I A. Uh, whether I'm talking about games or, or random other happenstance, you can uh, talk and find me there. Uh, and my show is called The Power Switch. Uh, that is on Twitter, at The Power Switch. Um, overall, the work I do is at rhymeswithasia.com. Uh, so the, the show that I mentioned earlier with you know, applying sort of the sports call and talk radio format, but about games, uh, that is The Power Switch. Find me on YouTube at Rhymes with Asia. Uh, I think that's all the plugging I really need to do. But uh, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to talk with you guys once again and uh, hope to do it again soon. Yeah, no problem. We'll have you back on soon. I know you got to go run and record the power switch actually right now, yep. so we'll let gotta, you get out go, of here. Yeah, it's got to go talk more about games. But thank you for the time, guys. Yeah, no problem. Of course, thank you. And making his return from episode ninety-nine and a bunch of other shows is fellow citizen Michael Ruiz joins us on episode one hundred. Hi, Michael. Hey, man. What's up? How you doing? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Replacement, you replace me. That's all. <laughs> that's all you do. You hey, replace man, me. Somebody had to be there, okay? I know. For Someone the last official, well, pre-episode or whatever you want to call it. Pre- the last double-digit episode or something. Yeah, last double-digit, I guess. Just... Yeah. But yeah, Michael. Unless we start doing bad, like retroactive numbers. <laughs> yeah, Michael's gonna be a new co-host for all single-digit or double-digit numbers moving forward. <laughs> Which means there's no yeah. Michael, <laughs> we're talking to everybody about their origin stories with games, and we want to know a bit about yours. How did you first get into the video games? Where was your starting point, and what kind of led you into the greater world of gaming? So there's two... I, I would say there's about two parts to this. Um, we the, only the, will accept one part. Well, okay, so the easy answer is... Uh, I used to play a lot on the original Game Boy. The original Game Boy was it was clear. It was super cool looking. Wait, and uh, what like Game Boy like four AA batteries, like the big brick? Yeah, yeah. They had a clear one. Yeah, I had one. Yeah, I did not know this. 
it might have been like a second gen because oh, it didn't, naive influenced Max's next eBay purchase. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't look as uh, blocky as the original, like you know, the yellow one or the gray one that I. Yeah, the gray. I know there was a yellow one too because my friend he... had it. Maybe it was just yellow because he'd been playing with it in the mud or something. Yeah, no, like no, it was like yellow, like Pikachu yellow. Like it was. You sure this is? Of... You're not talking about a Game Boy Color then? I am positive I'm talking about a normal Game Boy. Uh, because it was like giant, but right. uh, I had uh, Galaga and Galaxia, and it was like a arcade classics that they had. Okay. And as I think some people know, at least you two know, uh, Galaga is my favorite video game, and that's how it became that. Because I would constantly play that game over and over and over and over again. Um, so uh, that kind of influenced my love with like the certain kind of games I like, which is why like I love games like Next Machina which just came out, or games like uh, Resogun and stuff like that. Uh, I usually gravitate towards that, or even like space, spacey kind of stuff, like Star Fox is one of my favorites, or Mass Effect or anything like that, anything sci-fi really, um, is because of that game, because it is a sci-fi like space shooter kind of thing. Um, and then the other part would be uh, from my dad. I used to play a lot of Super Nintendo with him as well, and we used to play a lot of fighting games uh, like Street Fighter Two and uh mortal kombat 3 and i play a lot of that stuff uh with him so i really got into fighting games from him uh but i'm really horrible at fighting games so as you and i <laughs> touched that... on in 99 yeah is that where your father learned different ways to beat you in real life uh yes uh in fact he <laughs> holy crap he uh he uses uh you you know the <laughs> one fatality that Liu kang does or is that no is that is that which one is it? The one that rips your spine out? That's, that, yeah, uh, that would be Sub-Zero. Was that Sub-Zero? That was Sub-Zero. Yeah, my dad would uh, do that regularly. The good thing is that my dad was a doctor and could surgically put me back together. <laughs> together? Uh, so, like, he would Frankenstein me together so that I'd live again. So whenever, um, yeah, so whenever Michael sense. got real, so, was real bad, right? his dad would just shoot a couple of Hadoukens at his face and show yeah, teach him a lesson. So just so you guys know, you have the very first uh, zombie on your podcast right now talking to you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did Google it, and there was a clear Game Boy and a yellow Game Boy, and the clear one looks dope. Yeah, I have that one somewhere lying around. I don't oh my know gosh, it it's so cool looking! It came in this clear case. It was called Play It Loud. It was awesome. Anyway, I, I yeah. just want to give a shout out for how much I hate Google because back <laughs> in the day, conversations like that, where it's like, yeah, I used to have a yellow Game Boy, you just be like, all right, I guess you had to have a yellow Game Boy. Now it's I'm gonna test Google to see if you were right or wrong about that. And that's yeah. not that's not just something I'm pinning on Max. That's everybody because everybody does that. Google's lame. Let's go back to pre-internet where we don't even have so, podcasts and we just rub sticks together. So I actually have <laughs> another interesting thing because you guys know me as somebody who really likes video games, right? So yeah, that's why we had you on this podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, the weird thing was is at one point between like when I was 10 until high school or something, I like just did not play video games at all. Like I stopped playing altogether and it wasn't until I was basically when I met Amber. So for those of you who don't know, I met her about five years ago, whatever, blah, 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 all that garbage. I met her fiance. Yeah. Just fiance. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Nobody wants to know about that, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, I basically when I met her, I started getting into like video games again, and I actually rebought an Xbox 360 because I traded it all in because I needed money for 
like uh, I think I was buying music equipment because I was playing shows at that point. But uh, yeah, I I bought that and I played all through Mass Effects like one through three, I think it was, or Mass Effect one and two and three was coming out. It was something like that, which is why I love Mass Effect so much. But uh, that because that kind of rekindled my appreciation for video games. So uh, that's basically how my obsession with video games now has happened is because of that, which is interesting, I feel. But yeah. It's cool that you've had that divide because I, I think a lot of people will take breaks, whether they be for weeks or months or even years or something like that. But you went pretty much a decade without really yeah. playing too many games, which is kind of interesting for you to then come back around and like – the thing I'll credit you with too is like I think you have a greater breadth of knowledge than myself. I don't know about Max, but I think you know just as he much, knew, if not more, about games than I do. Like your gaps are, you don't really have any gaps in what you're missing there as well, well which is interesting. It comes with like an appreciation with the games that I do love, like Galaga and stuff like that. So when I try to, you know, piece together like. I try to figure out the games, like, the history of, like, those games and stuff like that. Because those are the games that I really do enjoy, are arcade games. Like Smash TV and stuff like that, Robotron yeah. 2084. Like, all those kinds of games. So, I want to learn more about that. I actually, a lot of that goes to, like, Giant Bomb, because I listen to that all the time. Yep. And they just talk at length about some things that I would have never have looked up otherwise. But they'll talk about, like, how arcade boards work and stuff like that. And that's how I know about, like, how different... Like, different arcade machines are different. Like, if you play, like, a Galaga machine, like, the standard Galaga machine, or, like, you play, like, a one that's made by, like, Bally or something like that, it's, like, kind of totally different. It's super weird. Yeah, when we went to it that... It plays, like, semi-different. When we went to that barcade in Chicago last year, you were playing the Galaga machine there, and I think, like, within, like, five or ten minutes, you're like, I can't do anything on this machine. I just know I yeah. can't. Because it was yeah. a bad setup, and, like... That sounds well, like a dumb thing to say in regards to some of the, like like I brought up off the air like oh Max I got a pro controller and I've been bad with it since I switched over on Mario Kart and he's like well that's a lame excuse with arcades there's almost is like you need to make sure thing, you're running properly yeah there. yeah because like if you come up to a machine and the the joystick's all fucked then it's all messed up you can't do anything yeah. like you can't get the same scores whereas like. Some places will have Galaga set to like so when you play Galaga, it usually shoots at two times, like two times pause, two times pause. There's some machines that you could set where it just shoots all the time, so it'll do be a constant fire. And it's like, well, that's not real. Then that's like, I mean, how like reliable is this high score if I actually do that? I can't really brag to people about it because <laughs> you're actually shooting at a much like higher pace than that yeah. a normal Galaga machine. Right. So, like, I mean, basically, what I'm saying is that like. A lot of that stuff, like, is just interesting. It's interesting to, I mean, more so not just because it's just video games. It's just interesting in general to be like, oh, you, you know, you see this cabinet. And it's like this cabinet is totally different than like a cabinet that some other brand made, and it's because of these reasons. Yeah. So, and that's it's super interesting. So, what was it with games that eventually brought you back? Like, what eventually got you back? into the fold specifically with gaming because now you play just as much as anybody else and um like what was it not not I, like one specific game but like what was it that brought you back to gaming as a whole i guess about like more of a broader sense so when i was getting back into it uh like i like i said i played mass effect but then also uh last of us i think it was the same year mass uh, last of us was coming out 
and uh 2013 like, that kind of showed me i mean i played other games too like uh like walking dead i think it had come out that year too um the telltale walking dead not like the garbage daryl whatever the hell kind of game that was that was horrible <laughs> how uh, dare you <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, I played the telltale game and I think it was storytelling that really got me into it because, um, games now tell way more like just better quality stories than I think a lot of mediums, different mediums do. Um, I think more so than like tell, I don't really like television and I really don't care about the stories that they have to tell, but I think gaming, um, maybe the story quality isn't the best, but you're part of that story. So it means more to you when you do play it. So like for The Last of Us, where it is a story that is on par with like a game or with a TV show that I don't know, like I wouldn't say it's as good as like an HBO show, but it's better than any CW show. It's better than any whatever show is on basic cable like and you're part of that story. It just feels good to be part of that, whether or not. I mean, The Last of Us is pretty, you know, pretty sad and whatever, but it just feels good to be a part of that story and really have those like experiences while you're playing it. I think that was one of the reasons why I really got into gaming. Cause even like mass effect, for example, like you kind of get the, cho- I mean, you kind of get to choose, I guess what your story is and everything like that. I think player choice is another thing that I was really into. Um, RPGs, like, I mean, Skyrim and oblivion yeah. were other ones too. Like I had loved oblivion before. And then I got into Skyrim. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it's mostly just storytelling, though, that really got me into it. And which is why I like to play story-based games more so than, uh, like, online shooters or anything like that. Um, I also, I mean, that's a whole other story about me being into World of Warcraft that we don't really need to get into because that was a sad... (laughs) That was a sad point in my life, but <laughs> but yeah. Actually, that sets up the next thing I've been asking everybody pretty well, which is: Do you think there's ever going to be come a point in time where you regret how many hours you've put in, put into video games? Um. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe Warcraft, with only World of so, Warcraft. <laughs> so World of Warcraft. Um, I don't regret the time I put into World of Warcraft because I I played it with a ton of friends, so. I mean, the experience I had with that game was great. It was awesome, and I loved it. Could I have been more productive with that time? Absolutely. Could have been way more productive with that time. Could have gone out, could have hung out with friends, you know, like together in the same room or all that stuff. But I think I've come to a point where I've kind of have a, let's call it a game-life balance, kind of like a work-life balance kind of thing, but game and life balance, where, like, I do go out and travel a little bit more now, but I also try to make time for games and stuff like that. Like, I mean, so I've you... been playing a shit ton of Tekken right now, so it's like, that's what I've been playing, and you when know, you... I, I've been able to do everything without really sacrificing any time or anything like that. When you say travel, do you mean like you now leave your bedroom and like go down the hall to the kitchen? Like, what what do you mean by you travel uh, more? Well, yeah, you know, I have made it past the doorway, which is interesting. Um, there's in a whole world cases, on the other side of that thing. In some cases, I actually go to the garage where it's kind of outside. It's like uh, semi-outside. There's no air conditioning out there. Yeah, no air conditioning. Um, it can Depending on the weather no outside, outside, it's either cold or hot. I don't know if you know that, Max. But it's no weather, weather's sometimes hot, sometimes cold. Sometimes uh, it's in the so, middle. Sometimes in the middle. Temperate is what some people might call it. Uh, so. 
yeah, temperature is temperate, some would say. But no, but yeah, uh, on a serious note, like I, I, like I have gone out and like, I mean, some of it has involved games, and a lot of it has really. I like I went to PSX with Logan, you know, last year, or you know, we go to the kind of funny thing in San Francisco, or Amber and I want to go to Ireland at one point. Like there, there are things that like we want to do, and um, I will not have children without going out like to. <laughs> Like some sort of like I want to go to Japan really bad and stuff like that or yeah. like without traveling like I will not have a kid before I do that so like we'll make time for that and in some ways we usually just put gaming into that in some sort of way um, mostly for my sake rather than hers but she's enjoys it too but but yeah like travel a lot more than used to I think it's good to kind of not spend so much time playing I I mean this is kind of a bad thing to say on a gaming podcast. But I think it's stop good. Stop saying it then now. But I think it's good to like really see the world. Like there, you you can see the world in gaming, and games are awesome. Games are great. But I do think that like some people should take the time to go out and really experience like life outside of your house and outside of video games. I I mean I play video games because like it kind of takes me away from the like world. real life because you know fuck people and everything like that. But sometimes it's cool to really go out and see the world and do things because you'll meet people that are, you know, just like you and you'll get along with those people. I mean, look, I mean, I met you guys from that in that way, you know. So, I mean, like, I thought we should met go on Tinder. Meet. Well, no, it's Grindr. You're ah, gotta, that yeah. was the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, uh, man, I know you're on tequila. So, I mean, I understand why. You I know. Tequila's <laughs> on the shelf. It's, this isn't model citizens. I am composed. Maybe later then. So, last question. We'll get you out of here. Uh, do you think you will always play games then? I mean, this is a little bit more interesting for you since you've already kind of put them aside once. You think that could happen uh, again or you want to keep them a part of your life? for sure going I, forward i think at this point uh, i want it to be a part of my life you know like i i'm in the same boat as you guys are in which i would like to you know cover video games like as a job or something like that or work in the industry and in, in some sort of fashion um if it doesn't happen doesn't happen that's fine too but uh yeah i think I'll, I'll always play games from now on i think it's it's become a part of me like just like i don't know like I, for example like Amber and I are planning a wedding, everything like that. She brought up to me about a like video game theme stuff. So now our theme kind of is video games. Oh my and gosh! We're, Heck yeah, and we're dude. Like, and we're I'm like, so... and we're looking into making like getting a Galaga machine there oh to play. That would be amazing. <laughs> and it would just be like my wedding present, so I get to keep the machine. You should find so... an N7 oh. Tux. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that'd be crazy. I don't the know how video game the most video game thing at my wedding is going to be a Mario and Peach Amiibo on top of our pie. Uh, each table is going to be like a different video game, and so we're trying to figure out which games to have and stuff like that. I want so, the Last of Us table, please. Uh, I think we're going with older games. I, so I want, pre pre like PS One and down. I want the Super Smash Brothers table. That was, uh, that was like 99 or something, wasn't that's it? That's the N64. That's N64. It works. And he said PS1 and down. Super well, Smash we'll Brothers, see. that's like an, an amalgamation of I mean, all things Nintendo what I, what already. When I mean old, I mean like, we'll probably put like the first Legend of Zelda, I think, is one. I want a Smash or, Bros. table with Logan. You know, like. Mario. 
for sure Robotron 2084 and also Galagar totally being tables. But there'll probably be Crash Miss, Bandicoot there. Miss Pac Man. Yeah, I put Miss Pac Man on the on the table thing because I was like, I was like, oh, we should, I think Amber said we should put Pac Man. I'm like, no, we're not putting that Pac Man garbage. We're doing Miss Pac Man. Miss Pac Man. Everybody at that game. table has to eat pretzels and bananas and cherries yeah. and oranges and oranges. I think something that I may have took from Scott Bromley, because I think he talked about it at his wedding. I can't remember if he did it, but he did something similar to it, where you take, like, the NES cartridge design and then make, like, personal things for each of your groomsmen and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to do, like, a flask of the, like, a NES cartridge flask thing. GameStop sells those. I was basically going to, like, make them on, like, a Illustrator or something like that and figure that out, so. That'd be cool. Yeah, so. That'd be really cool. Pretty sure video games are gonna be part of my life for for a while, if for not for the rest the of it. Foreseeable future. Well, yeah. cool, dude. Thank you so much for not only filling in last week but coming on this one again for episode 100 with us. It has been Anytime. a pleasure to have you here. I'm sure we'll have you on more times than we can count moving forward. Never because you're always never again. our go-to. It seems like yeah. you're one of our quick go-tos at least for this show. So thanks yeah. for coming on so much. We appreciate it. We'll see you, you on the other side of 100. Mario! Welcome back to our final guest interview for the 100th episode of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am once again alone this time. Max could uh, could not join us for this. But I'm actually recording this one live in my house, not via the interwebs for once, because we have Grant Callahan with us, who joined us a couple months ago on the podcast. Grant, hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. How it's, about you, Nugget? I'm I'm fine. It's always so weird recording in person because I'm not used to it at all. So it's a strange thing that I actually have to look at a person in my direct house. eye contact. Direct the whole eye contact. Time. Yeah, it's not like staring at a camera on my computer. That's uh, I've gotten a little bit too used to that. But it's nice that when it's easier to do it this way for sure. But what's been up with you? Work. Best Buy juicy work. That's about it. Best Buy work. Yeah, same here. Just a bunch of working boys. So, episode 100, thank you for coming on so much, driving all the way here from your home, which is down the street. Uh, We have been having everyone on the podcast this episode to talk about their own stories with video games. And like everyone else, I am curious to know... A little bit about what your backstory is with games um, and how you kind of got into gaming, what those first both systems were and also video games were that got you into video games to begin with as a kid. Oh, man. I'm trying to think because I remember I had two consoles at the time because I got a Game Boy Nintendo 64 on the same day. And one, what the heck? <laughs> my uncle is just like, oh, surprise, here's a yellow Game Boy and here's a 64. I was like, what do I do? And I remember we had Mario Kart that first day and I had Pokemon Red personally for my Game Boy. Okay, so the first, we're doing this, this one's coming at the end. This is our first Pokemon Red. Everybody else got Pokemon Blue, which is kind of weird. But what's wrong with these humans? Charizard is like the alpha. Blastoise is the beta in this. I don't know. I had yellow, so well, I was an you outcast. waited. <laughs> you waited a while. Yeah. But yeah, I had that good old yellow Game Boy. I remember specifically we went to a carnival or something, some fair, 
and I was just playing my Game Boy the whole time. My uncle's like, why don't you get off the enjoy? I'm like, no, this is amazing. I just remember like running around Pallet Town. I didn't even go into anywhere because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So you just ran around the same four houses over and over? <laughs> yes, I was like, oh! And then I remember trying to leave, and then it's like, you can't do that. I'm like, I hate this game already. And then all of a sudden, Oak's like, have one of these things. And I was like, what is this lizard? I want four. So I just got Charmander, and then I just roamed up. I was like, what is this? And that was like the first like anywhere near strategic game I've ever played. Or anything I even probably did at that point in my life. So I was like, what does growl do? And I kept hitting growl and nothing and happened. Nothing happened, of course. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, oh, there's another move. Scratch. And I was like, that's what hurts people. And I'm like, growl needs to go away. And I remember after it's like, you can learn a new move. I'm like, as long as it's not growl, I don't care. And I just deleted growl. I was like, yes. That's still the first thing I always do too. Get rid of growl or get rid of tail whip. One or the other. Whatever the... And those keep, are usually the starter moves. And least. then you got to keep tackle, scratch, or pound all the way the yeah. whole game. I don't know if I do that, but... <laughs> I, I remember keeping tackle. I was like, this is the beginning move. And it shall be used for the ending. I never beat that game. At least not until years later. Did you... um? Were you aware of the cartoon at that point? Like, did you have any other Pokemon knowledge outside of, hey, here's this game, play it, have fun? Not before I got the game, no. I found out there was a show afterwards, and then I even collected cards when I was little. I was like, oh, look, I got this chunky little Pikachu right here, since Pikachu was morbidly <clears throat> obese back in the day. Yeah. I still remember that I watched the cartoon before I ever played the game which is probably why i ended up getting yellow because that was why yellow i yellow was in response mainly to the tv show because at that point it had come over to the west and pikachu was obviously the mascot and kids like myself were in love with him so i think that was why yellow was the version i ended up getting was because of that whole familiarity thing just with pikachu and stuff and it played in i mean the storyline of yellow plays in directly with the show for the most part as well. Um, so it started with Game Boy Color and was it Color? You said the yeah, yellow one? Yeah, it was the yellow Game Boy. I still have it. I still, I, I don't know if I have mine anymore either, but mine was yellow as well. Um, so Game Boy and N64, where did you kind of go after that with games? Like what the years after that? I remember I had Nintendo 64 and I played the Snot Out Smash Bros and Super Mario 64. Those were the two games. I remember playing like all 64, and I got like over 100 stars. I was like, whoa. And I thought that was a milestone. I was like, there's no, there can't be any more. And then I found out there's 120. I was like, oh. It's like Shrines in Zelda now yep. or something. Yep, I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, 120 starred the game later on, but I was like, wow. And that was like, from there, it was 64, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers. And then the next system I would get would be the GameCube. Okay. Which, for some reason, I latched on to Luigi's Mansion like no one's <laughs> business. Yeah, you did. And then I'd just like, be walking around like whistling like some crazy British friend we have. <laughs> the tune like all day in my house. It was just obnoxious. But I remember Sunshine. I remember Melee. Melee's probably like the peak of nostalgia for me. Not for like playing it all the time like with friends 
it was for trying to find out how to get every character that was like right before we had like internet in our house so all i heard was like myths and rumors of like getting you to i was like i must get this character and it took like forever then i remember just playing one day it was me and my brother just sitting on his bed and i was donkey kong i beat him down and all of a sudden the shallot appeared and i was like no this is no freaking way you're gonna unlock Mewtwo right now i was like luke get out this is special moment <laughs> my brother's like i gotta watch i'm like you gotta be quiet i was like if i lose this i don't know the next time i'll face him did you win then <laughs> oh yeah we beat him that first i was like yes and then i was like okay so i unlocked Mewtwo. i'm like is there more characters <laughs> And then was I, that the last one you got then before Game & Watch, I yep. assume? Because that was how it worked for most people, right? Mm-hmm. And then you right. beat Classic Mode with Mewtwo, and then you get Game & Watch, right? Yeah, I beat Classic Mode with every character. To get Game & Watch, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I just was like, what? I miss the... Not to get off into too much of a, like a melee tangent, but I miss how hard the characters were to get in oh, those games. Because in... Did you have to really unlock anyone in the Wii U version? Like, I don't even nope. remember. It was just play a certain amount of matches in multiplayer. 100 was the peak. I think that was like Jigglypuff or Duck Hunt you unlocked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then right. that was it. It was like really easy. It was pretty easy in Brawl as well because mm-hmm. all you had to do was play Subspace Emissary. Mm-hmm. There was only three that were hard if you didn't know what you were doing. And it was what? Toon Link, Wolf, and... Jigglypuff. Uh, was it Jigglypuff? Yeah. That's right. So yeah, yeah, I do miss that about Melee, because it was like, play 200 hours of multiplayer, and uh, I think it got to the point where you could max out and do like 99 minute matches or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like my dad, like every night before we go to, I would go to bed, but he would obviously stay up because I'm a kid and I have to go to bed earlier. He would turn the GameCube on and set it to like a 99 minute match. And then would, like, start it up. So, like, well, as I'm going to bed, he's starting that up. I think he would start, like, one or two of them up every night. And he would just, like, have it running in the background. And then he'd start another one before he went to bed. And we'd wake up in the morning. It'd be, like, over or whatever. I think if I remember correctly, it was 20 hours to get Mewtwo or 800, like, multiplayer games. So I thought it was 200 hours or something crazy like that. I think it's 20 hours. 20 seems more reasonable. Yeah. 200 is not... I mean, we could look it up right now, but I thought it was 200 when I was a kid. And I was like, that'll... I'll never get that guy. (laughs) So, that was always weird. Um, So, GameCube, I guess, was really where it hit its stride for you and me knowing you during that time. That was what we were all playing as kids the most was Melee and the GameCube. Um, For you personally, what has it been about video games that have kept you coming back time and time again over the years? Like, why are you so invested in that medium? I mean, it's really straight away from console games, which is weird. It's more of a mobile platform where I'm like, I like to play my 3DS. Now it's my Switch on the go. If they had more, like, 3DS, it sucks because... I love that, but I don't want to carry around a Switch and a 3DS right yeah. now. Yeah, but I, love I mean, the there's mo- really nothing else like what Metroid, mm-hmm. and that's like the last big one. And Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, if you're into that, I uh, guess it's hard because I want to get it because it's Pokemon at the same time. 
I'm hoping the Switch done. Pokemon wins me back. I I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. off the Pokemon train right now. It's got too easy over the years. That's just the main problem with it. Yeah. And there's no post-game content ever. Yeah. Those are the two big issues. But for me, staying... Yeah, mobile. It's just easier for me to play these mobile games on the go that are fun. Like, if they're not fun or funny, I'll probably not like the game if it's oh, I'm doing it on the go. Yeah, I mean, you're predominantly Nintendo. Yep. And, uh... I mean, you've got an Xbox now, again, and you used to do a lot of Xbox gaming with me, but you and me used to do a lot back in high school. Mm-hmm. But you've been mainly Nintendo, and then League League is your other thing, yeah. your other addiction. Oh, League? It's just that I became so competitive with swimming, and after swim season was over, I'm like, what do I compete in now? So League was sort of like that pickup, like, well, when I'm home and I have the time, I'll just invest, like, 300 hours of my day into a league i guess and just being competitive with that and like a team environment it's so fun i mean and you do more i can uh, i wanted to i wanted you guys to lead these interviews more than me jumping in but like i can jump in and also say like you do more with league than just play it too like you are i've written guys you've written guys i've coached a little bit and i have a league tattoo i also have a mario tattoo so <laughs> yeah, you do have both of those. I forgot about the Mario one. But yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of become almost similar to where, like, I write about games in a broad sense or whatever for Dual Shockers. You do writing and other sorts of content plus a podcast about League specifically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I got to start back up this week. It's going to be a YouTube series now because podcast it's hard to show what i'm trying to say within game knowledge yeah for me in a podcast sense yeah um so we've been we've been asking everybody in these interviews if they think that they will one day regret the amount of times that they have put into video games do you think there will come a day where you or even right now do you regret some of the time you've put into games as a whole in particular or no right now no i mean i think i'll regret a tattoo of a video game before i regret like the playing of any video game (laughs) that i've done but in reality it's time that i've literally made like a crap ton of friends from gaming it's not like oh i game alone in my basement with doritos and mountain dew all day that's the best way it's no it's not (laughs) but it's usually the social aspect there's games where if i'm not like actively communicating with someone else or something like i'll hate the game just because i'm not like working to achieve an end goal with multiple people yeah. that's why i like the xbox live and multiplayer and co-ops that's why i've never really i don't think i've actually played a single player game besides pokemon doing that an extremely long time zelda would be really the only other one i guess zelda is the only other one that i think i've like recently played that single player and i'm probably going to play odyssey but besides that between that and wii u what was there single player wise what was Uh, there on the wii u period uh, (laughs) yarn yoshi twilight princess wind waker I mean, I played those with all of the roommates and stuff in the room, and we were, like, yeah. trying to 100% that game. So, I mean, even the single-player games have to be social in Yeah, some I mean, aspect. like, even, like, like you and me used to do a lot of Gears back in the day, and we may jump into Gears 4 sometime soon again to mm-hmm. play through that because we used to do that together. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
as long as I'm not like become a recluse and like hide in my room for years on end playing like a game, I don't think I'll regret gaming. Period. Um. So, last question then: Where do you see yourself and your relationship with video games moving forward? Is it something that's always going to be a constant part of your life, or do you see? A day where maybe you'll give it up, or you won't do it as much, or I don't know. We're oh, we're both will, getting older. Yeah, there'll definitely be a point where I won't be able to do it as much, just because you gotta grow up. It sucks, but it happens. We can't stay up till three in the morning every night, grinding out a Halo campaign. I can barely stay up till three without feeling like an old man. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It's the reality. I'd like to, but you gotta realize we got jobs to take care of some of us have women some of us some of us some of us yeah (laughs) but there's going to just be a lot more factors which will make it hard and i'll try to keep up with it i mean if i ever have kids one day they're definitely going to be in it and i'm going to be that cool down be like hey you're three years old let's go get the new gta 17 (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's such a it's such a it's just like the modern day toys at this point. Like yeah. every kid plays video games. So like even moving forward for you and I, let's say we get married and have kids or whatever, like we it's get going married. To be, Wait, we get married? Yeah, we get married together oh, no. and we have kids. <laughs> no, if you and I both get married to different people or have kids down the road or whatever, like even if I think we were to drift away from it, it would probably naturally enter back into our lives at some point. Just because like you're, Unless, bu- you're busy when you have a wife and kids, but there's also a lot of downtime where it's like, how do I get this kid to shut up for two hours? Uh, let's go see the emoji movie or something like that. Like, you're always looking for ways to entertain kids. So, I mean, logically, I'd probably step back in at that point if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Unless I had all the girls, then I, I just screwed myself over then. I mean, <laughs> girls play video games a little bit more now, kind of. Yeah, they'll I mean, play like Supposedly, they've always played in equal proportions to men but i don't know where they're hiding if that's a thing i i think it's probably much more equal nowadays but like back what 20 years ago or so like yeah i don't see how that was equal out really but yeah where was the study done they could be playing farmville on facebook and be like yes i am a gamer a plus <laughs> yeah like there's there's different tiers to it not that there's like some sort of like entry test in order to be a gamer but no 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 there is I you mean, gotta play the wii u for a year straight oh and enjoy yourself you have to own a wii u to be considered a real gamer <laughs> and then once you do that then you're all set um cool dude thanks for uh driving down the street and uh recording this with me for uh episode 100 i appreciate having you on maybe we'll try to get you back on here at some point once we relaunch or or not relaunch once we just move forward or Revamp. not yeah whatever the heck we're doing rebrand remodel the show you'll hear more about that in just a couple minutes but uh until then grant thank you for coming on all right bye i'd like to say hi to my mom my sister my cat all right bye everybody hey listen and we are back and this time again just max and myself no guests this time that is it for all of our guests on episode 100. We want to thank all of them once again. Thank you so much to Michael, Mario, Brian, Jared, Peter, Mitchell, Alex, and Grant for coming on episode 100 and sharing 
their stories of how they got into video games with us. It was, like I said, a joy to do all of those. I really, I tried to say out of those conversations as much as possible because I think I was just as interested in hearing what their stories were as I hope that our listeners were. So it was fun to see those play out and fun to hear those from each of them. It was, it was a treat to have everyone on the show. So we had those eight on, like we said at the top of the show though, Max, let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit about our own stories because Everybody's Want got to a story. Horn. Everybody's got their own story. That includes us, even if we are the host of this podcast. Um, you and I are more familiar with each other, but again, like I don't even. Once I ask you, like Max, where did your gaming history start? I'm sure you'll jog my memory very quickly, but yeah. um, off the top of my head, I don't even remember. How did you kind of get into all of this for yourself? Um. I guess there's two parts. The The first video game I remember playing is Super Smash Brothers on the N64. Um, my parents bought an N64 for me. Uh, they say my grandmother bought it for me. Uh, I don't know. Someone bought me an N64 and Smash Brothers is the first game I remember playing. Um, I also remember going to my grandmother's house and she had a Game Boy. And that's where I would play Tetris and my first Mario and Zelda game, which were Super Mario Land 2 six golden coins and um i think it was links i think it was linked to the past dx or something like it was the link to the past version on the game boy uh and my parents said i couldn't play zelda because it had witches in it oh, um yeah i gotta yeah. protect you from those uh those, those witches those... sisters is that what they're called no it was the the lady you go make potions with oh. I mean, you just it's, you go make a po. I was like, look, I'm gonna go make a potion, and then there's a sign that says "Beware the Witch" or something. And they're like, oh no, it's a witch. That's um, that sounds like uh, not Link to the Past. That sounds like Link's Awakening to me. Could it could have been? It was that's it was Link's one Awakening. Of, I think she back in the forest. She hiding back there in that forest. Yeah, there's there's forest there, but I mean, in Link's Awakening, you go up to the right corner, and there's a witch there too. Oh, you mean for Link potions. To the past. Link to the past, what did I say? Link you said Link's between. Awakening, yeah. I don't know, I think both of them. I don't know. It was a Game Boy Link game. If I see the art, I would know. That's my problem. I think it is Link to the Past. Anyway, couldn't play that. But I still actually have Super Mario Land, uh, Six Golden Coins, the cartridge still. That game is crazy. Have you ever played that one? Which one? Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Oh, I never played any of the Land games. I always thought those oh, my gosh. were like straight trash. That game's crazy. He's got like a carrot power up and he has rabbit ears and he flies and the game's nuts. It's definitely one of the weirder Mario games. Um, but that's like where it all began. Um, there was some Pokemon stuff. I got a Game Boy Color one year for my birthday at a Chuck E. Cheese with Frogger. And then I <laughs> lost it. And then my parents bought me another Game Boy Color. Um yeah, that's kind of where it all started as far as that goes. Um, I remember lots of things like garage sales. This, at a garage sale, my, that's where my dad bought Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Donkey Kong 64, Star Fox Assault, like a lot of the N64 games that shaped uh, my childhood. And then I remember saving up and buying my own GameCube and Game Boy Advance SP and DS. And I still remember the day I got a Game Boy Advance. Um that's kind of where it all started. I never had a PS, a PlayStation growing up. Kids across the street did. So that's where I got my fill of Crash. Um, friends had Banjo and Zelda. 
So I would get samples of it there. I quick played... aside. Speaking of Crash, so should 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 I play those games? <laughs> I've been uh, thinking about that a lot today. Have you ever played them before? In the Target kiosks when I was a kid. Yeah, my exposure is maybe like the first five levels of Crash One. Yeah. Um, I bought it. Uh, it was a long story, but basically, Abby and I bought Crash because she wanted a game, and we got Crash for. Her. Um. Yeah, take Crash and be quiet, Abby. Go play in the corner. That's right. Yeah. Um. Wow, it's, Max, it's, you probably shouldn't have said that. You're probably getting a divorce now. Mm, we're not married yet, so she. It's not a divorce. By the she time this episode break posts, up with you me. might be. No, I, I will not be married by <laughs> Wednesday. Um, if if this if this video podcast is posted after my wedding, then something went horribly wrong. You probably died. All of us died. You or me. Actually, you probably, because the audio would be on your computer. That's true. You'd have to drive to my house and get house it. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good looking. Um, it brings back a lot of early memories for me i'm gonna see i've never played two or three and anywhere beyond the first five levels of beyond. one so beyond uh. <laughs> it's it's in the grain into me but um that's kind of where it all started yeah um there were some halo 2 land parties there and like when i was like a 10 or 11 years old yeah those are crazy those are the best so you logan How'd you me. get started with these I was gonna say, do you want me to games? talk about me or do we move on and ask you all the other questions? Um, no, you, what's your origin story? So actually, actually, I know a good that actually is the featured is the thumbnail for this episode. I I just need to go find it. I think you you've decided. It. I've decided. There is a picture of me wearing a diaper and holding a Sega Genesis controller, and on the back of the picture it says eighteen months. So I have been yeah. playing video games since I was 18 months old. Um, on the Sega Genesis is where it started. Uh, so when we talked to Peter, I mentioned to him how he talked about how Sonic 1 and 2 were kind of his first games. Uh, same with me. I really There are a couple standout games on the Sega Genesis. Um, I really can't remember. Actually, I can probably tell you which one came first. There was a Barney game that my parents bought me on Sega Genesis. Um, I would have to imagine that that was one of the first games I played when I was a kid. Um, but I quickly got into uh, an X-Men game that I had on Sega Genesis, which you have brought up a few times. It's probably yeah. something you played at my house at some point. And I you think just subconsciously I remember it. I just remember playing some X-Men game at a friend's house as a kid, and it was really cool. It's probably um, my house. I, had two I think X-Men it has games. to be yours. Yeah. So I, play, I had an X-Men game on that that I played a lot with my dad um and then the sonic games as well those were the first i had a ton of other games on sega genesis but when i think back to that system those are some of the earliest ones that stand out in my mind um so it all started there um from there i got into pretty much everything else rather quickly um i I was always like interested in even Dreamcast and PlayStation 1, but I never ended up getting them. I got a N64, and then that introduced me to Banjo-Kazooie, which was the game I got alongside my N64 back in the day. Um, eventually, I discovered um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which I got and played through. Um, the thing that I, I think about the most with those old gaming systems, though, 
is the amount of times I would go down the street to Blockbuster with my parents and just rent games and just play through them for a lot for two or three days and then take them back. That's not really something that's like our kids will grow up and they won't really be familiar with what that was like. And I don't even know how familiar a, you would be with that just because with the renting games. Well, yeah, but by the time you would have started doing it, did you do it a lot on your N64? Or would you have done it more like with GameCube or something like that? I mean, I did it on the N64. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember going into Blockbuster and looking up all sorts of games and trying to rent them. Actually, Hollywood Video was where I rented it. And um, I remember before my dad bought Donkey Kong 64 at um, a garage sale, I rented it from a Hollywood Video. And they like we had to buy the expansion pass there. Um, so that's how I got my expansion pass for my N64. I also remember getting a Rayman game and oh, couldn't Rayman get past to The Great Escape. Maybe that's got to be it. That's got to be it. it. I couldn't get past the first level. I hated it. It was like take it back. So and you're uh, very bad at Rayman Two: The Great Escape, which is actually a very good platformer on N64. I love that game. Um, yeah, like I just remember renting all kinds of games for that system, though. Um, a lot of people mentioned Pokemon as being a very big game for them. Same here. I was huge into the the anime or just the cartoon. I was big into the cartoon as well, which then got me into uh, the series. I still remember getting a Game Boy Color for Christmas along with... Um, I got a Game Boy Color for Christmas. My parents tucked a Charizard hol- a holographic Charizard Pokemon card into the... Uh, Game Boy Color case that I got with my Game Boy. Uh, so that was like, that was cool because I opened it up and it was like the Game Boy. And it was like, cool, I opened up another one and it was the case for the Game Boy. And I was like, awesome. And then they're like, open that zipper. And I opened the zipper and I pulled it out and there's a char- har- the holographic Charizard Pokemon card, which was like a huge thing back in the day. So that was an awesome still Christmas. Is. It still is kind of a noteworthy Pokemon card. Probably like one of the most well known, if not the most well known. Um, so that was cool. And then I still remember, I remember I got the Game Boy and I don't know if it was the day after it would have had to have been the day after I think, or maybe Blockbuster was open on Christmas or something weird. I don't remember what happened. All I remember is that I got my Game Boy Color and we went to Blockbuster pretty soon after may have been a day later. I, I can't remember how these things work out in my head. Um, but we went to Blockbuster sometime after, and I was like, cool, I get a Game Boy Color. I'm totally getting Pokemon Yellow because that just came out. And I was, like, going to rent that, and my dad's like, you shouldn't rent that. And I was like, why not? And he's like, because because I there's a lot of reading in it. You're young. I don't want to have to read everything to you right now. We're about to go on a road trip to your grandma's. Mm, You've got mm-hmm. all these other games. He's like, playing you up. He's like, just play your other games, and we'll do this when we get back. And I was like, oh, man. I was, like, really bummed out. We get to my grandma's house, and, of course, she had bought it for me already. Yeah, I'm like, yes! And so I <laughs> freaked out and started playing it, uh, like, that whole weekend or that whole trip or whatever. Um, so that was cool. Um, I don't know. A lot of these things, when I look back, I, like, can't piece them together exactly. Like, I don't know what the situation was when I got my N64. I think it was Christmas I also think my aunt got it for me, but I that also doesn't sound right because I don't think it was Christmas at the same time. Like it felt more like Thanksgiving to me. Um, I don't know. Like these things don't line up in my head. All I remember is that my parents came out and they were holding an N64 and my dad was holding Banjo-Kazooie. And I was like, yes, it's that freaking bear game that I see every time I go to the store. Yeah, that, that I've freaking, wanted to play freaking that bear freaking game. Bear I want game. it. 
Like that dude, I thought that game looked like the coolest thing ever, just judging off of the box art. Which, when you're like a three or four year old kid and you see that game, it's got some pretty dope box art. <laughs> you're freaking banjo f- with a bird flying out of a backpack. He's holding a Jinjo. There's a giant green witch behind him. He was awesome. Uh, so that was the first game I got for the system, which I had said before. I don't know. Just a lot of those early things really don't fit into my head. Um, to jump ahead a few years, though, I don't because I, I I know I want to wrap up. I guess my part of this. Was there, and I'll ask you this too, was there a part where it was like, okay, I play video games, I love video games, but then like one game came along and it was like, okay, this is changing. Like, I don't just love video games anymore. Like, I am in on everything about this medium. Uh, For me, it was Metal Gear Solid. And it's funny because I didn't play Metal Gear Solid the first one until like 2000 nine i want to say maybe eight it may have been 2008 because i think that uh smash bros had come out smash bros brawl came out in 2008 correct yes i do i remember you telling me this story so it came out in 2008 and then i went to the store and they had like a bundle of metal gear solid one two and three together on, on PlayStation the on the ps2 that triple and pack four was coming out i think mm-hmm. that year and i so i had seen a bunch of stuff for four I was like, I don't know what's happening here. There's a ninja and an old dude, and everybody's freaking out about this. It looks cool. Everybody's losing their mind, so it must be good. I should probably play these games. And uh, so I bought that pack, and I came home, and I started playing the first one on my PS2. I think I beat it in like two days, and I was just like in awe. I was like, what? the heck because i it was it was at the point where that game was over 10 years old and it, or it was 10 years old and i was like this probably doesn't hold up very well but i'll hurry up and get through this and then i'll play the second one and i'll play the third one and then i'll go i'll, I'll play the fourth one when i can because that looks cool I played the first one and i like my brain like fell out of my butt and i was like what the heck what? did i just play this game was so good dude holy crap and i like sprinted across the street to my neighbor i was like play this now play this game right now and he's like what is this i was like it's a stupid guy from smash bros this is his game play it now i'm gonna go home and play the second one and so like we reconvened the next day and i was like i'm playing the second one the second one's so good where are you at he's like dude i'm like halfway through this game and it's so awesome and we like both freaked out and lost our minds because of how good those games were it got to the point where the third one like i said a lot of times is my favorite i had ended up one's the best i ended up buying a ps3 like midway through my playthrough of the third one and I had, like, four downstairs. I'm like, I'm not going to play four until I beat three, though, obviously. Got to the point, though, where even after I beat four, I was like, dude, three is the freaking best in this series. This is awesome. So I played Rapid Fire 1, 2, 3, 4 of Metal Gear back to back to back to back like that. And that was – after that, that was when I was like, okay, this series is mature. The storytelling is on another level compared to anything else I've ever played before in my life. Um Snake is now, like, my favorite character in gaming. Just, like, I mean, you know how it is. Those games are so well-written, and yada, yada, yada. I could go on. They're awesome, awesome games. But after Metal Gear, that was when it kind of changed for me. I was like, okay, games are something completely different than just this. Not that I was, like, closed off, because I had played a lot of stuff on GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. But it was, like, that was when it, like, opened up to... I mean, the Obi-Wan quote from A New Hope, you've taken your first steps into a much larger world. That was when it was like, okay, what else is out there that is in the same vein as this that I probably have not played so far? 
and then uh bioshock came out and stuff like that so that was when things started to change for me personally uh, for i had a similar story with metal gear except i played it two three you played it on your psp right in the middle of a hallway metal gear solid one yeah is when i beat it yeah when i fought rex um that was pretty great and the psp's thumbstick was busted and stuff so metal gear i have a similar story with and three is also my favorite three is so so good i i almost kind of want to buy the 3ds port just to kind of like see what that because remember that was a launch game for the 3ds it was i don't think it was a launch game it came out within that launch year it was a window at least yeah because launch day was like steel diver and street fighter get out of here (laughs) yeah yeah. it was games that were out it was a launch window then for sure but um i guess i guess there are two games um as far as like narrative i don't the first game whose story kind of blew me away and seemed to be much bigger than what i thought was actually mega man battle network 3 what that game is crazy the story is pretty nuts and like mega man sacrifices himself it's crazy i remember i was spoilers max you're the most spoiler sensitive person ever come on i am it's crazy um it was winter and my mom was taking us to some local hill there in Avon to like I sled. Remember, I remember the story. You stayed in your car yeah. and didn't. Sled I stayed in the car the to yeah. beat the boss, and then the end was rolling by, and it was like wiping away little tears, little little kid Max. Um, and then I guess the realizing there's a bigger world than what I missed. Um, like I said earlier, I never had a PS2 or Xbox or anything because neighbor kids had that. My parents pretty much stuck with Nintendo. Yeah. And I did too. Um, but when I got a PS3 for Christmas in 2012, Dang, I so think. You were there at the very end. 2012, I think. Because it might have been 11. But Uncharted 3 was out. I got the Uncharted 3 bundle. So I think it was 2011 then. Because that's when Uncharted 3 came out. And I played through Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 all rapid fire. Um I played the intro of three on Christmas Day and then said I can't play anymore until I play one. So the next the next day or the day of I went. Um, that actually kind of works out decently well just because I have the intro of three starts. Yeah, it, it it really did work out really well because then I then I got um. Well, no, I played the in yeah I played the intro through the museum. Anyway, I went to the friend's house the next day, borrowed Uncharted one sat in my room in the total dark because Christmas Day I didn't really actually get to play my PlayStation. So Yeah, because you're busy, busy eating hands doing, and... Doing uh, things. Yeah, stuff. So I'm sitting... I don't, I don't know what you do on Christmas. <laughs> that I think about it. Watch basketball? You're probably watching a lot no, of basketball. I don't day. watch basketball. But so December 26th, I'm hunkered in my dark room all day playing my PS3 on my CRT, on my huge like 27-inch CRT. So it's not even HD. I'm like not even having my mind blown visually. Um, uh, there's not too much to blow your mind in that first yeah, time. <laughs> I tried to yeah. I mean, but I played all of them on that TV. Um, and I beat it in one day. I just sat there in one sitting. The it's only a pretty time... short game, honestly. It, it is. Uh, it took me like seven, eight hours. Um, but my PS3 did crash on me toward the end. And I realized I had a panic attack. I was like, 
I didn't save at all. I didn't like in my head. I'm thinking I have to hit the save button, and then I load it back up right where it was. I remember it crashed when I was back on the submarine. When you go back, yeah, um, that's when it crashed. When like the spooky zombie things started coming out, but that was that was when I realized there was so much more that I was missing outside of Nintendo. Um, and then I did a deep dive into you know PS3 and third parties. Like I played Assassin's Creed. And that series and all sorts of stuff. So that's when I really broadened my horizons, as it were. But you still hate the fourth. Um, so the fourth what? Assassin's Creed, of course. Um, uh, I thought you were saying Uncharted. I was like, Uncharted 4 is my favorite. No, that game's like third best in the series. But I digress. Um, so what is it about games and that keeps you coming back personally? I think, I mean... I can answer it real quick because I think it aligns with a bunch of what our guest says. It's the storytelling and it's the interaction and it's the agency that the player has on the story uh, for me personally. Like you just can't tell the same stories in games or you can't tell some stories in any other medium the same way you can in games. And I think that's what keeps me coming back to them personally. I'm in the exact same way. The exact same way. You can't get a game story or experience like The Last of Us or even I sometimes I even think like Paper Mario on the Thousand Year Door. You know, there's just some things that are just like there's that agency of well, doing and, things and going yeah. on these grand. You go on these grand quests or adventures or missions, and, and you live in those worlds as well. You're because doing not only something. is the story unique, but the worlds a lot of times that you're inhabiting is they have, equally unique. Like when uh, when am I in my life? Am I gonna solve a mystery on a train with a penguin detective? And have cool, super sly music playing in the background. When do you do that? Paper Mario. There's a penguin. Doesn't your door? Yeah, when you're on the train. I don't remember the penguin. The guy he thinks you're Luigi, and he you he's like a great sleuth, but he's terrible at being a detective. And you help solve the mystery, and then you fight the smog thing on top. I forget that part. Switch, switch, give us GameCube Virtual Console, and maybe it'll jog my memory. Please. Um. Yeah, it's just the. Not only that, but like they're just fun, <laughs> and I don't know. They keep you, you're, they keep your brain active, and they keep you busy. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of downsides to games sometimes for me personally, and the addictive qualities of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think what keeps me coming back is just that it, it one is stimulating and is more often than not fun gameplay wise, and uh, it gets more interaction out of me more so than like a TV show does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Same, same reasons as a lot of our guests. I don't think we're you, yeah, you and I are pretty much on the same wavelength. Um, the question we asked everybody about time put into games, how do you, how do you, you feel like you, you regret any of the time you've put into games in your life? No, I've, <laughs> I think if I regretted the time I spent in games, it would have been hundreds of of hours ago i have there are games i've spent 300 plus hours in alone just single games individual games. yeah and you need to stop playing freaking destiny because it's not that good destiny's Uh, great i'm also looking forward to kevin buying me destiny too it's gonna be great those are those are my two 300 hour games paper mario and destiny Um, um kingdom hearts like i've spent 50 hours in kingdom hearts one alone and that's on one playthrough that's pretty normal isn't it like, I no. played through it at a pretty fast pace recently, and I still ended up around 30, 35 hours. 
Yeah, but then the other 20 is getting everything else. Yeah, I guess. And that's just one playthrough. Like, I just, there, I've spent thousands of hours playing games. I think I would have, if I had any regrets, it would have been a lot longer. Like, way earlier in my life. So, this may come as a surprise, but honestly, like, yeah, I do regret playing a lot, so the amount of video games that I do. And that might sound weird, because so many of our other guests, like, blatantly, and yourself included, like, were just like, no, are you kidding me? I regret some of the, not... And here, here's where it's like uh, a double-edged sword. Do I regret it in some senses? Yes. It's But it's more like the specific games where I look back and I'm like, why did I put X amount of hours into this game that has done nothing for me? Whereas other times it's like, hey, I played this cool indie game that really spoke to me within a span of like half hour and a half an hour or something like that. Like Emily is away. Like I'm totally glad I played that game or like it's equal sides. Like even with, uh, so I finished final fantasy 15 this weekend and I ended up around 30, 35 hours after I had finished it and uh, I put it away and I was like, all right, cool. I'm done with that one. I'm like, did I really need to go back to that game though? And it scratched an itch for me for a while there, but it reached a point where like halfway through the story, I was like, not feeling this but i'm just gonna ride it out like i wonder how many times where i've just been like eh, i'm not feeling this and i could have stopped playing i wonder how many of those hours i wasted continuing to play even after it wasn't really clicking with me and those are the hours that i might regret but those are also the hours that i think help educate me a little bit more about the medium that help make me a better critic for if that's what i want to do in the future and if i get that opportunity if it turns into a career, then no, I'm not going to regret any of the hours. But as it stands right now and where it's like my future's up in the air and I don't have much of a social life and stuff like that as well, it's like, you know, maybe I should stop playing as many video games. But, like, I don't know. I think it's different. Like, you can – there's a certain existential dread that weighs over me every now and then where I'm like, I don't have many friends. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have any prospects. I don't have much of anything. And uh, this weekend I'm going to play 15 hours of Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, let's go for this. Like, Are you? For real? Dream Drop? I, I think that's actually my next game. Yeah. Yes. Figured we may, may as well line it up with D23 mm. this weekend. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's times where I question why I play as much as I do. And then there's other times where it's just like, give me more, please. There's not enough of this game. There's not enough of, uh, there's not enough time for me to play as much as I want to. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm not on my deathbed one day and I'm like, why did I play so many hours of Skyrim? (laughs) I think about those things though. Like you're thinking a little too far in the future. Maybe, but, uh, I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind. Uh, and obviously the last question, you think you'll always play games? Yeah. I'm going to be the, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. the cool grandpa or uncle or whatever. Who's like, here you go. I got you a PS six. And my <laughs> brother's kids are going to be like, wow, you're the best. You're better than our own dad. And I'll be like, yeah, no, or something like that. I'll be the cool yeah. one. Hopefully you and me both. Hopefully. I don't know if I'll ever be an uncle, but we'll see. You don't know if you'll ever be an uncle. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if my brother will have You have kids. a brother, and Abby has... A sister. One sister? Her sister says they don't want kids, and then I don't know if my brother will have kids. Ah, they're both on the same wavelength like that. Dang. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's a little bit of, I don't know. Yeah. And then the, do you, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. How did you think these went overall though? Like I, I thought these were, it was just an interesting little group of questions I threw together quickly to see how people would respond. I, I think thought it they gave went us, well. I, I think, think it I gave think us a interesting... little bit of insight into everybody. I think it's interesting to see where we line up and where we don't and how we all kind of come to the same sort of place with our passion and love for games, mm-hmm. but each one's journey is different. I also liked that I think a majority of our guests had Pokemon Blue over Pokemon Red. Yeah, that was interesting how that worked out. That Yeah, like, I was a big fan of that. Everybody who commented on Pokemon, uh, the early ones, said Blue. I, I mean, I'm the only one who really said Yellow. So Yellow was later, though. Yellow, I mean, only, what, a year to 18 months or so? Something like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, that was a tad bit later for me. But, yeah, it was, that was, I thought that was funny as well. But it's a, it gives us a little bit of an interesting insight and background, I think, into many of the guests that we have had on this show and many of the ones that I'm sure we will have back on here. In fact, I think we told every guest that came on that we'd have them back on the show soon. So we'll probably have to set up a lot of those with people moving forward but speaking of moving forward max let's talk about the future of this show because there are some changes coming yep it's over it's over congratulations we did it 100 episodes 100 years of jackie chan no quit while we're ahead um so 100 episode cool we did it yay um we're just getting started though so buckle up your seat belts because uh we're still kind of on the runway we haven't even taken off yet maybe i don't know we're taxing we're taxing on the runway maybe i don't even know if we've done that yet maybe we've not backed out of our position yet and we're still gonna do that we haven't left the gate (laughs) we haven't even left the gate uh people are still putting luggage in their overhead bins uh, there is a lot of this show left to come, and we're mixing things up moving forward. So next week's episode, episode 100, is going to be kind of... You mean not, 101. Yeah, or what did I say? I'm sorry. You said 100. Okay. Next week's episode, 101, is going to be a relaunch of sorts with the show and this the relaunch rebrand whatever you want to call it kind of falls in between 100 and 101 uh we're going to be changing some things over the next coming days with this show um one of such which we mentioned when we talked to jared is that hey we got a new design for the podcast uh things look a little bit more professional and we're ditching that uh that really, Metal Gear Solid font? Yeah, we're ditching that Metal Gear Solid ripoff font that we've had for far too long. Uh, Jared was kind enough, like we said, to create us some new logos and uh, images for our YouTube channel, our SoundCloud page, our iTunes podcast, our, all that good stuff. All of that is going to be changing. Uh, we've got a slick new logo and design that he has done for us. Um, so that was much appreciated. So we look a little bit more professional in regards to our branding now. So that is good. Millennial Gaming Speed going forward is we're going to look better. That's our first change. Um, additionally, I guess our second change, which I'll mention again this week, if you did not hear it last week, but we are done recording live on YouTube uh, the live streams when Max and myself sit down to record the show. Uh, we're abandoning that mainly because of the format of the show, because we're going to change the format of the show a little bit, which I will touch on here in a second. 
But recording live in that one time slot really ties us down to making sure we record the entire show during that time slot. Um, so we're going to, instead, we think we can create a better product moving forward if we have some flexibility throughout the week to play around with the different segments that we're going to be implementing on the show moving forward. Um, so tying us down to that one time frame when we have to record everything is just somewhat difficult. Uh, it allows us to piece together the show a little bit better in post. Uh, but speaking of that format, so I guess this is the only real thing that is changing. It's not even a huge change. Uh, moving forward, though, the show will be taking a somewhat new life or a new format. Uh, we will still, Max and myself will be here every week. That's not changing. We're not adding any new members, and we're not removing any. So in, as far as we're hosts good. go, we're good there. You're getting uh, the same deal there. You're getting the same deal there. As far as the first half of the show goes, that is also going to be the same. I'm sure Max and myself will come in and talk about what we're playing, and then we're going to dive straight into news like we always have and probably always will because this show, first and foremost, was centered around the idea that Max and myself are talking about all the happenings in the gaming industry, everything that's going on, all our analysis on certain moves that companies have made. All that good stuff that we normally talk about, that will remain the same as well. So nothing's going to be changing there. The changes are going to be coming in the second half of the episodes that we do, um, or the second half of the show moving forward. So we're getting rid of topics, but we're also not really getting rid of topics. What we're doing... We're well, mixing things up. We're mixing it up a little bit. The second half of the show every week from now on is just going to be wide open. And we can do anything we want at any point in time in that second half of the show for that week. So if we have a special guest on and we would love to interview them or something or have a conversation with them for a little bit, we can bring them on. We can insert that entire conversation, bam, right there into the second half of the episode. If we want to, I don't know, I have some other, I have some personal ideas, Max, that I haven't even shared with you that I may actually even be implementing for episode 101. So you'll have to come back and check mm -hmm. that out next week. Awesome. I'm actually playing around with something that I've had an idea with for quite some time that I'm going to be doing, I think, on next week's episode. So come and back I next week. I have no idea what it is. You have no idea what it is. But it's really nothing that needs any of our active participation. I'll tell you about it later. Um, so next week I'm going to be doing that, and that will be a little bit more of a unique thing. Sometimes, though, maybe it will be topics. But the thing we want to do moving forward is we really, really – really want those topics to come more from you guys. Um, and I say this because the topics that we have done on the show in the past have mainly been ones that Max and myself have thought up. And I don't think they're bad necessarily, but you and I, when we put the show together, we're mo more focused on the news stories and things like that. And the topics I feel get left by the wayside at times. Um, and some topics that usually that have come up in the past are like obvious ones that we probably should talk about. So, and in those instances, we'll probably talk about the notable things that we feel like are worth discussing. And th that'll be an easy segue into a certain portion of the episode for us. Um, but we really want, if you are out there listening, um, I know I say it at the end of every episode, but moving forward, seriously, um, we would love your participation more. We would love your questions sent to us. Uh, hit us up, email mgspodcast at gmail.com. Please, we would love to have your questions on the show moving forward uh, because we really want 
this new era of millennial gaming speak that we're heading into to be so much more interactive with the community and with you guys out there. The best way for us to do that is to, if you have questions or if you have even, like I say every week, questions, comments, or concerns, anything like that, please hit us up. We would love to spend the second half of the, the show dedicated to answering any of those or talking about anything that you may bring up because I think you guys out there can think up things that are 10 times more interesting than anything Max and myself are thinking up a lot of the time. So um, we would love your input so much more moving forward. Um, so if you are a listener out there who listens to this show every week and you are a silent listener, which we appreciate, we would love if you would um, put your voice forward a little bit more and hit us up in our email inbox because that would mean the world to us um and then the last thing i guess really that we're like i said the whole second half of the show moving forward is something that we will play around with and that will be different on a week to week basis but the one thing we're going to make sure that we start implementing moving forward once again is plan report which if you're not familiar with the history of millennial gaming speak This is a segment that was integral to the start of this podcast. Um, This podcast started out with the play and report segment um, very much in the roots of the show, so much so that we were doing it every single week, I think. Right, Max, at one point? We were trying to, yeah. We we were were trying trying to really crank games out. Those first 10 or 15 episodes, we were doing it a lot. And uh, eventually we wore ourselves out because the concept behind it is very strenuous and hard to do on a week-to-week basis when there's a thousand other games and a thousand other things vying for your time. So if you're unfamiliar, Play and Report, this podcast, the reason we even called it Millennial Gaming Speak was because Max and myself are millennials. We have, like we talked about with some of our guests this week, we're a little bit younger um, then the industry itself is, and the industry itself is not that old to begin with. So we missed out on a lot of early things within gaming, whether it be Atari or even the NES, things like that. Max and myself missed out. So our roots for gaming come more from, like we talked about here with our own stories, the N64, the Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo, the Game Boy Color, stuff like that is where we really started out compared to some people who are a little bit older than us and the games that they may have played before our time. So the concept behind playing Report was that we would go back and play those games that were before our time, the ones that we missed, play through them, play half of them, play a portion of them, and then come back on the podcast and have an entire segment dedicated to talking about said game. Um, in the past, we've done what? Mega Man 2, Super Metroid, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. Um, Link to the Past. Link to the Past as well. Um, so we've done a handful of them in in our older episodes that you can go find. Eventually, though, like I said, we wore ourselves out with that concept. And eventually, we just never went back to it. And that, that was weird that we never did that. We fell so much into that top, that news and topics flow that we never decided to bring it back. Uh, but we are doing that now. And we want to make sure... What would we say? We want to try to do one like once every five or six episodes or something like that at this point. So Yeah, we just... We want to bring that back, and since the second half of the show now is more flexible, um, that opens it up. It gives us more time to play whatever games we decide to play and then um, have more well-rounded, thought-out discussions about them um, and not feel pressured to have them there since it is yeah. – we can interchange sections out or portions yeah. of the show as we wish. Yeah, totally. Like 
having that second half of the show wide open every week really allows us to, again, play around with the format and play around with the show on a week-to-week basis and allows us to do more things. Um, but it also allows us to not feel so stressed that we have to play a certain game in X amount of time. Um, so Max and myself, we have a couple older games lined up that we're going to be playing at some point. I think the advent of the Super Nintendo Classic Edition is also going to help us uh, as we move forward later into the year and we try to implement this segment a little bit more. Um, but we're going to bring it back, and I don't know what the first episode we're going to actually bring it into, uh, but we do know the first games that we're going to, and uh, that will be... It's actually going to be a double header. We're going to do two games, mainly because the length of said games aren't super long, and I think it'd be interesting to compare, talk about both of them. Uh, but we're going to be playing Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, which I am a bit more versed in. So the the concept behind this is that neither of us really have much knowledge. I have knowledge of those games, but honestly, as I was a kid playing them, I never got past like the third or fourth level of either game. So I have not even seen them to completion for myself, and I don't know all the worlds that lie within either game. Um, but we decided to start there just because Sonic Mania is coming out next next month. Like we are almost exactly a month away from Sonic Mania. And uh, Max has really no knowledge of those original games, and I thought it'd be fun if we went back and... Max especially discovered My only Sonic charm. experience is a couple of GameCube games and uh, Sonic Advance 1 through 3 on the GBA. Which is why um, you need to discover the Genesis originals. Because they're, they're similar probably to the Advance games, at least within the way they play. But uh, Yeah. It's a, you said you were going to actually bust out your Genesis for this yeah, one. Yeah, and I have I have those games still on my Genesis, so I'm going to bust out my Genesis for this one and play it the way it's meant to be played. And uh, I'm going to be playing on Xbox. We'll see how that goes. That's actually a good place to play those games. I have both of those ports as well, because I could play them on my Xbox. But uh, I have the original cartridges, so I may as well. So that's going to be our first play and report return segment. We have a couple other games planned out as well for that. Um, but we want that to be maybe not a tentpole of the podcast moving forward, but at least a vital thing that we are coming back to regularly moving forward. Um, once, like I said, every five, six, seven episodes, I think it'd be good to go back to that. Um, anything else that I may have missed, Max? I tried to be as thorough as possible with what our plans are for the new format and second half of the show, I guess, in particular. You did not miss a single thing. You nailed it. All of it on the head. Cool. So, yeah, I, again, like, not a whole lot's changing. The look is changing of the show. That's probably the, the biggest thing. The look, the format, the fact that we're abandoning live YouTube streams. That's the thing, too. The shows will still go up live on YouTube. So if for some reason your preferred choice of consuming the podcast is watching via YouTube, then we will still have the audio version up every week probably just with the thumbnail image. Um, but those will still be on, I mean, we may as well go into the outro now, but we'll still be on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. Those will be our places that we have the show at every week. You can look for it. As of now, yeah, we'll say, you and I have talked about changing the upload date to Monday. Um, That might be changing in the future. You and I still need to figure that out, what we want to do with that. As of now, it's going to still be Wednesday. So Wednesday will be the upload date for the foreseeable future. And if anything changes with that, we'll let you know, which just means you get the show earlier. So 
hooray for you. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's all the changes that are coming to the show over the coming. I, I don't know the coming future foreseeable future hundred episodes yeah the coming hundred episodes we'll see if we want to change things up again at 200 um but yeah that is everything just a little bit the new better aesthetic and new format of the show max i know you gotta go don't you i do so max has to get out of here he doesn't want to there's actually an after party to this podcast max we're uh celebrating episode 100 i invited all eight guests of the show over to my house oh yeah uh, so all eight guests actually all eight guests live close to you. That's um, yeah, because they uh, live closer to Brian. you than they do Brian's to me. Brian's the only one who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yep, Brian lives other close to seven, me. Seven. What? Peter's in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't need to disclose all of their locations, but they are all in the Midwest. If that is correct. So technically, that could be feasible. I you could be Alec, throwing. I think Alex is on the East Coast, but closer to me than you. Still closer to you than to Still me. Closer to me. But um, yeah, so that is episode 100. We hope it was good for you. Um, seriously, though, if you have listened to our podcast at any point over the past 100 episodes, or if you are a weekly listener, anything like that, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. This show has been a long, I want to say a long time coming, but that is not an appropriate phrase it's this podcast is important to both max and myself and we put a lot of time and work into this every week but we also love doing it so it doesn't feel like work um doesn't doesn't hurt as much yeah but we'd love uh, moving forward we'd love to hear from you guys more um but if you are if you're a weekly listener or anything like that seriously thank you so much it's so appreciated and we are very, very excited to see where the show goes in its next 100 episodes. Maybe we die. Maybe North Korea bombs us and we can get to like episode Gee whiz. 126 or something. That is a dark turn. So, uh, no, they they can't launch their missiles out of like their own country, I think. We should be fine, especially here in the Midwest. Um, but seriously, thank you so much. We love you and appreciate you. And you are, you are very nice people. As always, though. This week and all other coming weeks. You can find the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Those are the places you can find it. If you are listening on iTunes, we would love it so much if you could leave us a five-star review. Do it to celebrate our 100th episode. That would mean a lot. That would uh, it helps us get in more people's ears. Moving forward, we can have more people who love to listen to the show alongside you. Don't you want some more friends out there? See, it'd be cool. It'd be fun. So just leave us a quick five-star review. It'd be greatly appreciated. You can also email us at mgspodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, we're going to be using that a lot more frequently moving forward. So if you want to hit us up there with any questions, comments, or concerns you may have, please do so. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at mgspodcast, where, Max, we need to start using that uh, – we need to start using that Twitter account a little bit more. It's a Twitter account we'll that we both st- have access to. Yeah, we'll have to start doing that a little bit more for the next 100. You can follow us on Twitter there. We're always posting when the new episodes are live and uh, maybe talking to you as well. Who the heck knows? Tweet at us. Maybe we'll respond. You can follow Max. He's on Twitter at MaxTheWhite. And you can follow myself. I am on Twitter at moreman 12 Max, I think that's it. You did it. You did the outro for the 100th time. We did it. Yay.
We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Please don't. No door references on our 100th episode. Seriously, though, again, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. Uh, Max, any episode 100 things you'd like to say to the people before we leave? I'll see you at 200. See you at 200, where we have a live studio audience. And, uh,. And Alex Trebek is there? Yeah, and, and everyone is trivia? everyone is naked. Whoa, including Alex. Everyone is naked. I really hope Alex Trebek lives to episode 200. What would that be? 2017? Two or, more years. No, 2017 is right now. I don't know why I thought we were in 2015 all of a sudden. <laughs> 2019. So uh 2019. Alex Trebek, clear your schedule for uh July 2019. We're coming for you, bro. Coming for you. Until then, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Millennial Gaming Speak. We will see you next week on episode number 101. Until then, have a great week. We love you. Bye-bye. Farewell. Farewell.